Hello, everybody. It's Ben Glebe. Wanted to say a few words before the podcast officially begins. I do that sometimes. All right. I'm just going to do it real quick. Um, I will be at the Vegas. I will be at the Vegas. I will be at the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas on May 3rd, 4th, and 5th doing shows. So check that out. You can get more info at benglebe.com. And also the re-release of my short film spoof, Titanic 2. Spoof of Titanic comes out April 4th today. Right now, it's out. It's available on thewatchbox.com for 99 cents. So you can check that out. Um, it is a cheesy comedic uh, spoof of Titanic that I made back in college the year Titanic came out, 1997. Also, we are again brought to you by AdamandEve.com. If you're looking for some fun adult uh, situations in your life and you want some some tools, some aids to help it be more fun, um, go to AdamandEve.com, 50% off most items on the website, and you get three free movies and a free gift and free shipping. If you All of that, if you just enter the promo code last week, no spaces, L-A-S-T-W-E-E-K, uh, when you check out, um, it's a very generous offer. So support our sponsor so they keep supporting us so that we keep supporting you with audio words in your ears on this podcast. That's all I wanted to say. The podcast is starting right now. Kim Kardashian leaves the country. Syria agrees to a peace deadline while believers go to war. Iran agrees to nuclear talks while North Korea tells us to go screw ourselves. The situation has stomach problems and rehab. Healthcare being decided by the Supreme Court. And my guest, creator and writer of Chappelle's show, Neil Brennan and I, discuss what really happened between him and Dave, why the show ended, and we talk politics and America's sexiest cities. All this and more during the... Last week on Earth with Bentley. Do not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no sides. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. This is the 20th episode of Last Week on Earth. It's no... It's not your average last week on Earth. It's a little mini anniversary. It's not, I don't want to get too excited about it. It's only 20, but it's still it's a nice round number. Uh, thank you all for supporting and listening to the show to this point. Um, I had an interesting week. I was in Indiana doing shows at Morty's Comedy Club. It was a blast. Um, I was hanging out with uh, some people there, and um, some other comics told me something very interesting. They said that in Indiana, people, when they have sex, they don't use condoms. Very strange thing that I heard. I don't know if that's true for everybody there. But uh, it certainly made me a little bit afraid of having sex with people when I was there. Um, so I didn't do that, if, in case you were wondering. Um, but um, there are nice people there, nice people in Indiana, I got to say. And um, also, I want to let you know that I'll be at the Vegas. Uh, I, I just did it again. Did the intro, I did it again now. But I will be in Las Vegas, the Paris Hotel and Casino, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And as you may know, today's a big day in, in, in world history. Titanic, the epic film, is, is re-released, this time in 3D. James Cameron's masterpiece starring Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio, the heart-wrenching romantic tale. 
came out originally in 1997. Well, that same year I was in college at UC San Diego and I made my first like legit, like kind of well-produced film spoof. It was called Titanic 2. I played Leo DiCaprio. I wrote it. I directed it and I edited it with help. Um, I didn't know how to edit that great on my own, but the point being, um, it's available to watch on a pay-per-view basis on a website called thewatchbox.com. Just go on that website and search Titanic 2. It might even be featured on the front page. I don't know. For 99 cents, you can watch it. The reason I don't have it on YouTube is I'm, I, I'm proud of it. I like it. I'm also a little bit embarrassed of it. I don't want people like searching and finding that as their main impression of me. You know, parts of it are, I was a young college kid. I was sophomore in college. Some of it, some of it is a little cheesy at points. But my acting is not wonderful at certain points. But at certain points of it, I'm still very proud of it. And I think I did a good job of parodying the movie Titanic. So if you feel like shelling out 99 cents to get some laughs at a younger version of my comedic stylings, me, you know, wearing a ridiculous blonde wig and seducing a Kate Winslet lookalike, maybe it's worth 99 cents to you. Go to thewatchbox.com and check that out. Um, and uh, we're brought to you this week by... The stock market. No one understands how we operate. So put all your money in us anyway and just risk it. Just gamble your life away. The stock market. We're here. Join us. Uh, we also, again, like I mentioned, have a real sponsor, AdamandEve.com. I'll tell you more about them in a minute. A little bit of news first. Magic Johnson and his group of investors bought the L.A. Dodgers last week for $2 billion. More than twice the amount of ever any sports team's ever been purchased for more than twice and hopefully magic you know this will be a great thing for la sports hopefully he'll be able to bring his amazing knowledge of basketball to baseball i don't know how it helps but i love magic and dodgers are my team so go blue you know what i'm saying cbs missed the end of their nc2a coverage of the thrilling kansas ohio state final four game during, they were showing a replay, and the, the fans missed the last 2.8 seconds of the game. This is a horrible mistake. I feel bad about it. So to make up for that error, I will now tell you how the game ended. With 2.8 seconds left, um, where Kim Kardashian goes to Haiti. I give Kim Kardashian a lot of shit on the show, so I figured she's due some respect when respect is deserved. She went with Maria Bello, television's favorite what is she, a homicide detective, a cop? She's a, she wears a hat with the promo and, and she, she looks like a badass. They went together to Haiti to help bring awareness, um, uh, to women who are living in desperate situations and communities in Haiti and supporting charity orgs like Artists for Peace and Justice, which I have supported for a while now and Femme en Democratie, which is probably in French and Give Love. And they went there to celebrate a group of women, um, there with a trade fair and fashion show and to celebrate these women who've improved live people lives for people in Haiti. So I was very impressed with that and I wanted to give Kim Kardashian some props for once on this podcast. I've never been too mean to her. I've been mean sometimes, but no, I'm not horrible to her. Um she went to Haiti. I'm impressed. The coming back I'm not terribly in favor of. But you know, everybody's entitled to return to their nation of origin. So it's cool. Uh Beliebers started a war with the little monsters this last week. Uh, when Lady Gaga became the most followed person ever on Twitter with more than 20 million followers, 
Beliebers, the fans of Justin Bieber, started an uprising against this meat-covered woman. And um, it all started by one Belieber posted a very strangely poorly written message on his Twitter, or hers, I don't know, saying, and I quote, To all Beliebers, this is Operation Unfollow Lady Gaga. I'm sorry if you're a little monster, but don't ooh want Justin to be number one followed on Twitter? Well, here's the plan. We all know that all believers with Twitter follow Justin, and we don't have to create a million fake accounts with this plan. First, it's simple to lock up Lady Gaga on Twitter. Next, unfollow her. I think he meant look up. Next, unfollow her. Simple. I'm not trying to trash Gaga. I'm a fan of her music. But I think Justin should be number one on Twitter. That's all. Believers, please spread the word for me, okay? They created a hashtag for the mission. Hashtag Operation Unfollow Gaga. But didn't work. Bieber didn't dethrone Gaga. He's got only 19 million. She's got 21 million now. It helped her, it seems. Okay. Just so you know, I only have 34,000, 35,000 maybe on, on Twitter. Um, Bieber has 19 million. I'm trailing him by 19 million. So today is the day we launched an attack on both of these overplayed and overhyped and over gimmicky entertainers, especially Justin Bieber, who many of you know I've been in competition with since day one. So here's the plan. To all of you Beglebers out there who have Gleber fever more than you have Bieber fever, start tweeting people to unfollow Bieber and to follow at Ben Glebe. Hashtag your messages. Hashtag Gleber fever. Hashtag Beglebers. And hashtag only room for one fever. You can also hashtag it last week on Earth. Just hashtag it some, one of those things. Hashtag Gleber Fever, hashtag Big Gleber's, hashtag Only Room for One Fever, hashtag Last Week on Earth, any of that. We can do this, guys. Don't stop Big Gleebing. I apologize for that pun. But Gleber Fever is here to stay. I believe that. And I really have to stop saying my own name now. I'm sorry I said my own name so much. It feels very weird. I should have more followers. Or at least someone close the gap a little. Justin Bieber is... Looks like a girl, sort of, and sings pretty cheesy songs. Seems like a nice kid, but come on. This week, again, last week, is sponsored again by AdamandEve.com. If you want to spice things up in the bedroom, if you've been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie, or you want it for yourself, this is an offer that's almost too good to be true, but it's true, so it's not too good. It's just the right amount of good. Go to AdamandEve.com. And for a limited time, you get 50% off just about any item. And when you do it, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs, a free extra gift that's very exciting and sexy. I don't want to ruin the surprise. And to top it all off, they will throw in free shipping on top of that. That's It's literally almost too good of an offer because you're not paying much money to get a lot of great, exciting, arousing things. So just get do it. Just do it. And thank the sponsor that's been supporting us so that we can keep doing shows and bring them to your ears. Um, and now it's time for some Twitter answers. This week's Last Week on Earth question, what is your favorite thing in life? I asked people on Twitter. Uh at Luke Trey 13 said, seeing the world through my kids' eyes. That is creepy. And somebody should call the authorities because, um, unless I'm misinterpreting that, I don't know how you're looking through your kids' eyes. Um, 
If you meant that innocently, I apologize. At Nikki Superstar, laughter is as crucial as the air I breathe. I would say it is not as crucial. It's very important, but it's got to be at best a number two. Um, at Fraser M. Natalie said, making people laugh so hard and deep they stop making any sound. Again, very creepy. If you're murdering people with your jokes, stop telling jokes. That's too much. At Pat underscore Diff said contentment. It's what I'd say at this age. Love, what I would say in my youth, a good bowel movement is what I'll say later. If that really is how life goes from love to con- just contentment, just to your system working well, that's not hopeful. Um, I would like to say that um, maybe things get better with age, like wine, maybe you'll be able to find love and contentment and, and also good bowel movements as you age. I don't really have a strong opinion of it, but I would like to say, don't give up, Pat underscore diff. Make the diff in your life by keeping a positive attitude about things. Okay? Um, and at Princess Natty said, walking barefoot on grass. Weird, but true. Um, that's your favorite thing in the world out of everything. T- things you could taste, eat, enjoy, sexual encounters, amusement parks, walk- taking your shoes off, walking on the grass. I mean, you will always be happy as long as you're not locked up in a prison without grass. As long as you're not a cage bird who sings because he can't touch his feet on grass. Is that what the meaning of that book was? I don't, can't even really know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, the last one is at Jeremy Quay who said, waking up in the middle of the night feeling like you slept for hours. But only 30 minutes went by. So you can sleep longer. That's one of my favorites in the world. It's waking up and you're like, please don't be 10 minutes before the alarm. And it's several hours before and you get to go back. It's like a second night sleep and one night sleep rolled into one. It's the best in the world. It's so nice. And as I mentioned, my guest on last week on Earth this week is a very funny man, Neil Brennan. He is the co-creator and writer of Chappelle's show co-writer of Half Baked, a very funny stamp comedian, a, a film director in his own right, and uh, he's here. Yeah. What up? Yeah. That was a lot of energy right there. Uh, the the next, the guest on last week, this week, mm-hmm. is a is a painful yeah. intro. Yeah, it is. Do you uh, ever see the Mr. Show sketch? Where, I've seen them all. Where David Cross is trying to, it's like a tape-delayed talk show and people are calling for the next week yes. and he's fucking going insane and he's like no <laughs> when i said with something really funny that's what it reminded me of that was true yes. if you don't have seen mr show it's the greatest uh arguably the one of the greatest it's definitely one of the greatest if not the greatest sketch, sketch show. show yeah in I the think history i might rank that number one in Chappelle show number two um you're out of your mind <laughs> but uh they had more bad sketches than we did that's true they were on longer too yeah weren't they they were on like five yeah seasons, they had more seasons. like they had long they had to do a half hour whereas we only had to do like 22 and a musical guest so it was like 18 that's true so we had more we were more packed up i like that they would tangentially uh, connect everything too I, I ended up doing that in a show i did years later i thought that was a cool flow to it yeah well right. you that's why you stole it i stole that idea it was so cool you mm-hmm. stole it we tangented in a different way, but yeah, you know. Yeah. They didn't really invent that either. That was kind of a, something that Python did at times. Yeah. Nothing's new. 
I, th- I disagree with that statement. People say that actually I think there's new shit, but I think it's okay to take form things when it's an homage to people you respect. Uh, I agree. We have sound drops in our pod, in the Champs podcast. Right. Which is just completely sound from Howard Stern. Completely. Right. Like it's not, I'm, we're not even, I can't even pretend that it's not. You mean just all, all the audio clips? Yeah. Right. And it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know where Howard got it from. He may have been the first one. He probably, probably took not. it from Jim Healy. Yeah. I mean, exactly. There's always places to take it from. So, and yeah. people like, f- are like, fuck that. People are pretty mild on the internet. That's just great about it. <laughs> They're pretty clear. They're pretty level headed. Yeah. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> um, fuck it. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to rape you if I see you for doing that. <laughs> um, you had reached this big success early. First, you wrote Half Baked. You right. and Chappelle wrote Half Baked. Yeah. And the movie came out. It was not particularly successful when it came uh, out. Not in the theater. It's like a big cult favorite now. Yeah. What do you think was to blame for that? Titanic. <laughs> That's what it opened against the third week of Titanic. 1997. Yeah. Right. It opened against Titanic, Goodwill Hunting, Goldeneye, uh, a, a Denzel Washington movie called Fallen, I believe, and something else. So it was kind of like, you kind of can't blame what it opened against. Right. Also, Brewer and Chappelle weren't well known. Right. It wasn't a good movie. Uh, <laughs> like, like, there's a few reasons. Do you, um, is, is part of that experience of it not being made the way that you wanted it to come out, why you started to want to direct stuff? Yeah. Absolutely. Cause you, you go, the story I always tell is when me and Dave walked on the set of Half Baked, uh, he whispered, he goes, is this the way you saw the set? And I go, nope. <laughs> and he goes, me neither. <laughs> and it was kind of like, okay, well, that, and then so you just have to play D. It's like, you know, people, Billy Wilder, the director says he, he played, he started directing to play defense for his writing. Right. And that's when people go, Chappelle, uh, happy, so fun, it's so good. It's like, there's about eight minutes of it that I can go, oh yeah, these guys ended up doing Chappelle show. Right. <laughs> Cause it was the stuff where like you kind of couldn't fuck with it, where it was very, just me and Dave got full control from, I mean, uh, every, everything, whether it's... Co- oh, on Chappelle show? No, no. Chappelle show, we had complete yeah, control, had complete but there's, control. Only, there's seven or eight minutes of Half-Baked right. where you go, oh, these guys ended up doing something good. Is that stuff towards the end where you were able to kind of like... It wasn't even toward more? the end. It was just the luck of like the day where it's like the scene where Chappelle played Sir Smoke-A-Lot, the rapper... And he played himself across from him. Right. The reason that scene was funny is because when he was playing Sir Smoke a lot, I was playing him. And when he was playing him, I was playing Sir Smoke a lot. Right. So it was like you couldn't. You it was unassailable. It, it right. was the camera was locked off and we were just talking. Right. right so right. it was funny shit happened. Cause you still it get was, fucked up in editing. You just got lucky. Uh, yeah. And then so and there's no one else in the scenes. Right. Right. Besides, it's just double Dave. And let's just set the tone of 1997 too, because it's it's appropriate that you mentioned Titanic, because not only am I re-releasing my college short film Titanic two this week in conjunction with the Titanic three D release, very exciting. Yeah, ends in the original. I really feel like 2D. this is finally going to kickstart uh, DiCaprio's pussy getting. <laughs> yeah, he needs help. This guy. I think this is fun. this is going to be the thing. Yeah, and I played DiCaprio in minds. So people are going to start getting me pussy by proxy. I'm gonna bring the blonde wig. Pussy Broad Proxy is the name of your production company. It's correct? Not a bad name, right? Am I right, ladies? <laughs> so 1997. Ladies, what's that? ladies, don't don't <laughs> don't hit stop. 1997 was a very different era in America. NBC had seven shows in the top ten. Yeah. Okay. 
BuzzFeed.com mentioned all this shit, okay? Pokemon was giving kids seizures. Princess Diana had just died. Mother Teresa just died. Steve Jobs just got back with Apple after he, he was like fired and kicked out of the company yeah. for a while. Um, Bill Gates saved the company, actually. Bill Gates did by buying 150 million shares of Apple. Tony Blair just taken office. The Spice Girls had the best-selling album in the country. Yeah, I remember the I mean, the Spice. What's fucked up is, how old were you in 97? Uh, I don't know. I was 19. Yeah, it's weird. I was 23, but, yeah. but, uh, but in, it, like, with an adult life and career. Right. So it's funny when people are like, this hasn't happened since the Spice Girls. And I remember this. I remember them like a, like a, I remember, this is how long ago 97 was. Our, Adam Sandler wasn't, his movie career was uncertain <laughs> to the point where, he had a movie out with Damon Wayans called Unbreakable, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. And his trailer. Oh, bulletproof. Bulletproof. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Unbreakable. I'm like my mother now. What was the name of the movie? Unbreakable. Um, and our trailer, our, the trailer for The Wedding Singer ran before some movie next to half, the Half-Baked trailer. And Sandler said to the producer who had produced both, this guy Bob Simons, get your fucking weed movie away from my trailer. Wow. That because he his like his legacy was uncertain. Wow. Like now, he didn't know. He was still fighting it was before the wedding singer. Like I went to the premiere of the wedding singer and was like, Oh, this is gonna be really good for Adam and it not only was oh, it was Jesus. fucking like explosive not only is he it so, changed his life he's so secure now he can put out jack and jill type shit and just doesn't and even care clean up yeah he doesn't even care yeah quality of the film doesn't even matter uh look i you're i want you to go on record as saying that i can't i, I didn't can't even see it. it but i'm just going on the reviews i'm just going on oh yeah the things. reviews are not good that, i gotta say though some shit in that trailer really made me laugh yeah i can't i like i, don't I think can't I saw the trailer i can't there was just a funny he's seeing him react seem adam as himself react to himself as a woman right was making me laugh in the trailer <laughs> something about it like the thing where he does the gunshot thing where the trolley goes by right i just something about it fucking made me laugh like oh, uh, yeah owen benjamin told me a funny story about the read-through for that movie because pacino's in it right yes and he told Which me they completely like weren't allowed to they say weren't allowed to promote with that or anything yeah but apparently in the read through, he said to me, to me that Pacino is so removed from like everyday life and from like a normal existence yeah. that they're, they're reading through and one of Pacino's lines, he had to say Quiznos and he just had no idea what the <laughs> word was. He literally gets to, he's like, and I'm going to Quasanos. <laughs> they're like, no, Al, it's Quiznos. Quiznos. That's fucking He hilarious. could not get it. Um, so, okay. So, uh, this movie hits, not a success, and then a few years go by, and then how does Chappelle show come about? How do you guys take two years went by? Destiny back me and in your Dave own hands. had a bit of a falling out uh, in the middle there. Well, it wasn't a fa- it was a bit of a falling out, but it was mostly from work stuff. Where like it was like you got to get Dave to write. We got to write. So I was like in charge of fucking pressuring him to write this next script we had to do, and. Right. Then- and then his dad died, and I was more concerned about the script than I was. It was just shitty. Right. Um, to the point where I sort of blew up at the producer of Half Baked, uh, and, and like about, cause it was just pressuring me to like get Dave to work. And it was like, I, what do you want me to do, man? Um, so, so I sold a couple scripts to like out here, one to Paramount, one to, 
Universal, no, one to Paramount and one to um, Miramax, mm. like for good money. So I was making a good living. Yeah. And I was just kind of at my, I had an apartment in New York and I was just like writing and watching just, I did a thing where I, I was like, all right, well, if you're going to be a screenwriter, you should figure out like what a good fucking movie is. I'd gone to film school for a year, NYU. Like, so I had something of an idea. Right. Uh, and then I, so I printed out every movie that had ever been nominated for best picture and best <laughs> right. screenplay right. and just watched every movie. And, and, uh, which sounds like a, like, so what? But it's like, it ends up being like, it's, you can, it takes a lot of time. Um, what was your goal with that? You wanted to win I just wanted to see what, like, I wanted to do the research. I wanted to know what the fuck I was talking what about. I wanted to know are. what, like, what, cause you, you get kind of caught up in, like, Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir, like, right. at that point in the 90s, like, fucking, fucking, uh, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, right. fucking, yeah. And then it's kind of like, all right, well, what is everybody doing? Like, what is, like, and kind of learning the history of, of, genre movies and and the history of of uh the film industry so what did you learn doing all that not a lot <laughs> um i learned basically i just learned about genre and i learned about the business angle of it and i also learned about um what what i liked and what i didn't like and um and kind of like what what constitutes quality so do you ever see yourself one day writing and directing films that are not just in like a broad comedy genre i have a script now that i've been like is it's set up at montecito which is ivan reitman's company yeah. that, that we may get finance we were supposed to have our financing meeting last week the woman got sick and we're supposed to have it like you know in the next couple what of weeks. genre is it romantic comedy but it's because it's romantic comedy that like guys can enjoy it's not, it's like Annie Hall. I mean, everybody says their movie's like Annie Hall. Right. <laughs> this actually, I think, would be like Annie Hall. Uh, it's not corny. It's not insulting to guys. It's not based on a premise of like, you have six hours to, <laughs> to have good luck. It's, or whatever. It's a, it's like a human beings in a relationship kind of movie. So do you think you're the guy to direct a romantic comedy? Do you think, are you a romantic person in your life? Uh, no, but that's kind of the point. <laughs> right, the point is, real life romantic. yeah, it's like, I'd rather, Woody Allen's not a real romantic guy. Fucking fucked, he married his daughter. Yes. Although what could be more romantic? In the end, it's like, yeah. you're the ultimate caretaker now. Uh, you're on the hook for two causes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope so, Ben. Do you think I'm the guy? <laughs> well, I don't know. You tweeted recently an article called The Brain on Love, right? Yes. Tell me what, what, what was the article about? What did you think? Uh, the, from it? basically that love re, the, the, uh, experience of love, the emotion of love, uh, being in a love relationship rewires your brain. What's been really cool the last 10 years is, uh, brain science has, like, made a quantum leap. In terms of CAT scans, it, in terms of in terms of them being able to tell what the fuck is going on in our brains, right? And uh, and chemical neurotransmitters and and oxytocin and and cortisol and all these chemicals that that um that we kind of were we didn't have we had a very like people had a very scientific primitive understanding of the brain and now they're starting to get more and more specific. So they're seeing that 
if you're in love, it will rewire your brain. Whether it's a positive or negative relationship. It'll, it'll, uh, yeah, I mean, po- I think positive ones will have a more positive. Right. Whereas uh, if it's wiring. A, if it's a train wreck. It's the same way if you have a really negative experience. It, it, what, like the brain is constantly rewiring and wiring and rewiring based on your experiences. Right. Um, and this is saying if you, if you experience more love, you'll, to the point where I'm getting a fucking dog. <laughs> like I am. Cause you, I want to experience a loving relationship. <laughs> You're incapable of doing it with Uh, women. look, my, the family didn't do it for me. <laughs> so really? now it's up to me. Is that right? So I'm the youngest of 10 kids. Oh shit. Two, that's too many. Yeah. That is eight too many. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm the youngest, so I can't really complain. I shouldn't be here. And, uh, and it's just too many kids. So I, it was a bit of a rough way to be brought up. And so what does the article say that a positive loving relationship makes your, you happier as a person? Yeah. It makes you yes. want more nice yes. things. It makes you more capable of love. It'll it makes make you, you a happier person. Uh, not romantic. Romantic is a silly word. Romantic is, it's a silly word. What I'm saying is you need to get the puppy before you direct this movie. Uh, I need to get, no, but I don't, you're seeing it as like this treacly thing of like, go find your smile. Right. It's about That's being in a relationship it. with a person and figuring out uh, it's like I had a tweet a couple weeks ago. I'm looking for a girl whose personality disorders match my personality disorders. <laughs> it's like you're just looking for someone that uh, it fucking fits, and it doesn't fit because like every Valentine's Day I drop rose pet. Like it's that shit is corny and not realistic, <laughs> and it's like a Kate Hudson movie. Well, it's not to say you can't ever do nice. No, shit like but that. I don't. But I think do you it's, never do nice shit like that. You never. No, I do nice shit. Day, no, I'm like good with flowers and, and all that. Like I'm right, good. Right. Uh, but. It's not, doesn't help. <laughs> doesn't affect the outcome. It's, it's cute and it'll make the girl feel like it gives the girl something to brag about to her friends, exactly. which is valuable in the short term. But ultimately what it comes down to is how much do you have in common? Mm. Do you like being around the person or not? Yeah. Period. If I'm looking straight ahead and the girl I'm dating is to my right out of my line of sight, do I feel good energy? <laughs> over there that's it do i feel good that's it question yeah like that's it because i had and i said to a girlfriend before like i don't want to feel like a uh, girlfriends in the past have made me feel like a visitor in my own life (laughs) where it's like wait what do you i'm not a fucking this is my life you're a guest in it you're you don't you're not my i'm not wasn't looking for a coach do you feel (laughs) do you feel like girls are the ones that kind of take it down that path of judgment more because i feel like guy we talked about this a couple weeks ago with steve agee there's a study came out that guys really truly are happiest in relationships when they are chill and the girls actually kind of need to stir up drama to feel that they are loved because they're, that's when they they're see also the guy well, it's making progress it's like you they don't want the soup they don't want to not stir the soup. Mm-hmm. They have to like it's. So you're saying women just love cooking so much. They have women to even love. Cook no, I think women constant. I have a thing that I keep meaning. It was in an earlier draft of the romantic comedy script. Yeah, where women want to make emotional progress the same way men want to make sexual progress. <laughs> where women want to make, uh, like they want to meet your friends. They want to meet your parents. They want to meet your. Uh, they want, uh, they want you to move in together. They want a ring. They want to get married. Whereas guys want like, they want a <laughs> blow job. Then they want to fuck you. Then they want to fuck you in the ass. <laughs> then they want to fuck your roommate. 
<laughs> they want to fuck your roommate. Yeah, we want to meet ass. their friends too. It's only fair. Meet their friends to fuck them. Well, that's what I'm saying. Meet. Yeah. Meet and caps. Uh, meet. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I feel like that's the women want to make emotional progress. Why'd you take that out of the script? That sounds like a funny idea. Uh, cause it was too much of a bit. Right. Um, the. That could be easily like the, the guy's best friend character could have sprout that off. I know, but like... then it's just a guy fucking going, see, let me tell you something. <laughs> well, it may, you know what? It may even be in it. I don't think it is. I think I'll just put it in my act. Figure out what to do in my no. It's it definitely a good bit, and it was one of the reasons I wanted to write the script. But it's a, it was a different. The original version of the script was the couples getting married, and God and the devil show up and make a bet with each other that the devil can break them up, and God's like, no, I can keep them together if we show them their relationship. So they go through the entire relationship, and and then they have to decide whether they want to go through with it or not. Wow, it's like George Burns' Oh God, You Devil or something. You ever seen that movie? Uh, yeah, but I don't remember what the I don't think that was a romantic center line. Yeah, I don't think so either. But thanks for insulting me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, What's the movie called? What's your movie called? uh, It used to be called uh, 50-50, which I ended up... This is a good Hollywood story. Yeah. So the script was called 50-50. It was registered, whatever, like with the... Because we'd sold it. So... Uh, that Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt had a movie called right. 5050. Yeah. It wasn't called 50 Heartwarming 50. Cancer too. It was called I'm With Cancer. That was the name of the movie. Really? Yeah. So they wanted <laughs> to change their name to 5050. And so they were like, hey, can we get the name? And I was like, no. <laughs> so they had to buy the name from me. Really? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that awesome? What, was that an okay payday to get a name? It was all right. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Um, start trademarking names. Yeah, it was uh, it well no, but you can, it was only because the script was sold, whatever, right? Some weird writer skill thing, right? You but, already had, right. So they ended up having to, which was pretty. Uh, it was just funny driving down the street seeing a billboard like, "There's my little girl." <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. my baby. You were the heartless father who just got yeah. the paycheck and didn't yeah, give a shit like, about yeah, the kid. Yeah, I took the money around. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so it was called Fifty Fifty. Now it's called uh, The Perfect Couple. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Thanks, bro, bro. That's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. I th- I, I'm excited about your foray into romantic comedy director. Thank you. So then, okay, so then you and Chappelle have this falling off for a while. You go your separate ways. And then how does Chappelle show uh, come, back, come we, back? We were friendly. Like, we kind of start. It's like you kind of bury the hatchet. You forget. Right. Um, And we both kind of went through, like, a. I just watched. Like went to therapy, watched movies, mm-hmm. went to Al-Anon meetings, right? Um, and then, uh, and then we kind of reunited, and he was like, "Hey, we should do a show where he had another idea for a show where he wanted to do a show where every week he's in a different sitcom, <laughs> which is just like a funny idea." They ended up doing something like that, um, uh, like where he'd be in the Brady Bunch one week. Like existing I, shows from the I past. Don't, I it was hazy how we were gonna do it. Your career would be very different right now. Yeah, I, thank you. Um, I'd be <laughs> I wouldn't be here. Yeah, no, you would never be on last week on it. No, um, the uh, no. So then, so then he was like, ah, we, let's do. A, I want to do like a Playboy after dark. So I was like, uh, all right. So then we kind of started down that way. I had a and I and then so we ended up just doing. It became a sketch show. Like it ended up becoming kind of default. like, it was like other yeah, it's like a, well, it wasn't. What are we gonna do? Just hang out and be like, yeah, real groovy scene. Like, what about <laughs> the what about the play? What about the uh, 
Playboy After Dark did you like? He liked the vibe of it. Yeah, the vibe of that was cool. It was a, it was a real groovy vibe. Yeah, it was indeed. Um, because he's standing, a lot of groovy cats. Yeah, exactly. We're and in, uh, we're smoking, drinking champagne. Yeah, smoking, drinking champagne in like a rock room. Yeah, and like a in Fire like a rumpus. Rocking. Yeah. Um, it's a rumpus and, room. Yeah, and uh, and then which I don't think we really did on Chappelle Show. No, never. But did uh, that. but so then it just we just like the pilot. We did um the Kinko sketch. We did the reparation sketch. We did the bloopers from Roots, <laughs> and we did I think the most deaf rapping in the car. And I think that was the pilot. Right. And um, or and the most titty popped out. Right? Yeah, but no, no, no. That, that was, was a, like that a was a different sketch. That oh, was okay. So then they comedy oh, right. Central, the comedy, there was, was no Rose Deaf in the car. There right? was no uh audience in the pilot. It was oh, just okay. like I videotaped Dave on the street talking. In fact, we did a thing where he walked, he like came out in front of a studio audience and then went up into the audience and then walked past the audience and out the front door. <laughs> it was like, aren't you sick of that? <laughs> um, and then, uh, but we were like, we had the sketch, we had the show, but it just kind of felt empty without laughter. Right. Uh, so then we, when we got picked up, we decided like we got to do it with an audience. And then the other thing that was kind of novel, they were like, Hey, do you want to, to Dave? They were like, do you want to wear a lav mic, like a clip-on mic? You're on your shirt, right? Or a handheld mic? And he was like, and we were both like, oh, handheld, like right. just because stand up, right? And then that ends up making it seem better somehow. It's like one of those weird things, like stand up. Yeah, he's doing stand up. Like when people go, Dave Chappelle does stand up, and then and I was always like, is he doing stand up? But it just seemed like that, right? Because of the because of the mic. And literally. so, how did you guys get that complete creative control? Um, because there was nobody. Because ha- oh, because Half Bake was running a lot on Comedy Central, and it was like rating well. So they were like, "Oh, these, there's something to this." Dave was also one of the better comics, right? And um, and we both like we were, and also like we're fucking cock blockers <laughs> in terms of like we would just write everything, and then we'd have directors come in, and then I would, I would kind of like. Cock block the directors. <laughs> Not God, like they do the thing, and but I'd be like, uh, no. I'd always go like, we got to do this. I had like, if I was just like, you're kind of directing it. Yeah, but I don't want to say that because it's disrespectful to the guys that were the director. Because the directors we good we used were good with Bobcat Goldthwait, Rusty Condiff, and Scott Vincent, and they were all really good. Um, and then I would end up editing it all. Uh, so then you just, it ends up being like filtered through right. me and Dave always. But so, I mean, with that much creative control, it seems obviously like this is a dream job and you're creating the comedy you want to be creating mm-hmm. and it's hugely successful and the money yeah. is go- shooting through the roof. It wasn't How- shooting through the roof. I mean, the first yeah. season was, right. yeah, the first season was fine. Right. Second season was better because we had good ratings. Right. But it still wasn't bananas. Okay. Um, but then season three then our contracts were up right so then we and the dvd had sold you know the number one selling blah 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 dvd tv some shit some shit right um and our contracts were up so we had them over a barrel yeah and then um so and then it was then it got a bit dicey but so then what how does that fall apart though you have them over a barrel and you already have the creative control uh the short answer is it falls apart because comedy central play divide and conquer between me and Dave because they had to pay him and they didn't want to have to pay both of us. Right. So, uh, and then, so they basically made me 
appear like I was Dave's enemy to Dave so that they were then deputized to undercut me. Right. I heard you talking about that on Joe Rogan's podcast, but here's what I don't get about that yeah. is, is, uh, why would they want? I know obviously network executives are kind of notorious for fucking shit up and being cheap. It wasn't, and being but again, that's not. But they didn't because there was so many. You know what's funny about the Rogan thing? Chappelle just listened to it. Oh really? Yeah. What did he say about it? What do you have to? He what? said uh, he didn't. I don't. We haven't. We just texted about it. Right. But it was he didn't. He was like I don't know what he felt. I don't think I just said, dude, we're never going to agree about it. Right. Like he didn't say I disagree. Or agreed. But just, that's my question, though, is that they wouldn't want to fuck. If up a you good get thing. nothing from this podcast, yeah. it's listen to Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my my point being is, you guys are these close friends who created this together, and you're like the comedy team. Like my boy Scott and I wrote our show for three seasons for National Lampoon together. Obviously, not the same scale, but like we were writing together every day. We were like sharing a room most of the time and writing shit. Right, but how did one how did Dave you... not come to you and say? Neil, this this is what Comedy Central said to me. Is this true? What the fuck is this? Because, you talked it out right then and put it because it it flattered his ego, right? For they were basically like, you know, Neil's fucking over here saying you can you can't do the show without him. I Meanwhile, I was quoting him, right? I wasn't saying like I'd like to see him do it without me. I was just saying, hey, Dave said he couldn't do the show without me. Just so you guys know, like, right. I'm in, I'm actually important because no one knew the process of the show. And that Except was just your own way to let executives know that you're valuable because they yeah. don't know shit. Yeah. So you were just quoting him, but but then why couldn't you, to your writing partner, explain that? Be like, Dave, you think I would say that to you? What because what was happening was there were like the more the more popular the show became, uh, there basically it went from being me and Dave to Dave over here, me over here, and then six people around Dave in a huddle who were all trying to show their worth. Right. So, whether it, agents, managers, uh, people like that, um, who, and Dave's very paranoid anyway, so they, so they were all trying to show how loyal they were by going like, fuck Neil. Right. Right? Right. Fuck Neil. Right. 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 Doesn't that make me seem loyal? <laughs> Cause I'm saying fuck this other guy. Meanwhile, they were trying, they were jealous of the, my actual contribution. Meaning, like, I directed Rick James, I directed, you know what I mean? Like, right. I got emanated, uh, nominated for an Emmy, I got emanated for a NAMI. Yeah, that's even better. Uh, which is pretty great. Never happens. <laughs> um, and, but that's uh, my point, though, is like, that, but, that, but, yeah, but when you're in that fucking, in that circle where everyone's trying to show how loyal they are, then you, and you want to believe that you are the, that this other guy didn't contribute. Uh, it flatters your ego to think I didn't contribute. Right. Uh, so you start believing it. So basically, it just poisons our relationship. Right. Um, and uh, and it's not something that one talk could have could have solved. Did you guys have that no, one talk? No, because ultimately, it, by the time we had even anything resembling it, it the ship had already. The, uh, as right. I, as that... I quoted then, I said to him then, I go, dude, the toothpaste is out of the tube. Like, right. And I think he said, like, well, we'll put it back in the tube, and it's like. The bottom line is they said, could you do the show without Neil? And you didn't say no. Right. You said it would take three people. Just say no. Right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like right. that's ultimately it's like, dude, it's we're friends for 12 fucking years. Right. And 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 we did this great thing together. Right. But it's just it's him. Lauren Michael said in regards to me and Dave. 
comics don't like it when people realize they have help. Mm-hmm. And but meanwhile, I wasn't the one advertising myself. He would mention me on the show because it was fucking fair, right? Because it was like it that's the way the show came about was a collaborative thing, right? Um, so, so yeah, so he didn't like he didn't like sharing any credit. So how did that Period. tie in with then his purported flipping out and going to Africa and uh, saying there was like racism from the network? Or well, he had to say something. <laughs> So you're saying that 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 it stopped in it stopped production while you were working on season three because of oh I don't think it was because he and I's fissure because because I, I, I thought don't it think was it more helped. about he felt like the network was trying yeah, to make him do all, racial stuff like, he didn't want to uh, yeah, do yeah but that's not true I mean all, that's all I can say about that is like it's not true right um that's they just seemed not, pretty open racially yeah they, they were, were we were the golden goose man they right. weren't gonna fucking they didn't they said after the sixth episode we don't understand your show so you can pretty much do whatever you want. <laughs> Right after a real world sketch, they were like the an executive had called the real world sketch and a collection of unfunny scenes back to back, and then we played it and it destroyed, and I got in her face. And she was like, "Get out of my face!" Like we had screaming. I was crazy that any just right. from like lack of sleep. Right, and I was crazy because I was so. I always felt like Dave deserved to be famous, and uh. And I, I think I felt a bit of uh, guilt about Half-Baked, even though it was largely circumstantial. I felt like I can't... This guy's giving me this opportunity. I can't not fight for what we're doing. Right. I can't... Like, I'll be the bad guy right, this right, time. Right. I was kind of the bad guy in Half-Baked. Like, the editor hated me. And he had edited uh, Rocky Jesus. and uh, and and Ace Ventura. But here's the thing. He was wrong. <laughs> Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I knew as the writer and, and he actually said like, oh, you guys aren't, re- I think he said you guys aren't stupid after all or something after, after a, whatever. so, so I felt like very, like we had a screaming match about the blind white supremacist with Comedy Central. We had all these screaming matches and, uh, and so that was the, that, you know, that, so once, but once we got those out of the way, those were out of the way in the first six episodes. Right. By episode 25, they were just like, they were just on this rocket ship that they didn't. And the other thing about Comedy Central is they created the. T- they've not created. They've they've given a platform to the two most uh, subversive shows maybe in the history of TV, which is the Daily South Show Park and Daily South Show. Park. Yeah. So I don't buy the idea that they were somehow all the stuff that Dave would use as evidence was years old. Right. And so when that's just what's so I think hard for people to understand is that. When you have an offer on the table of fifty million dollars and a deal closed for that, and the ability to go back and do production, and you're willing to be the bad guy, and and you tell your buddy, dude, I didn't fucking say I, I you can't do it without me. I'm just quoting you. How does it? Do you think it was just he cracked? He just didn't want the pressure of doing it again. He wanted to become this, um, this like mythical think, figure. Yeah, I mean, I think that that. Uh... I think, I mean, at, at this point, it's like, I, not like that was the intention, but the, it's like we left a sexy ass corpse. It's like the James <laughs> Dean of TV shows, you know? Um, and I don't, I think there was a lot of, you know, here's what I've said on other things is there's a fucking giant pain in the ass to being a black celebrity that white people don't, uh, white, uh, a black celebrity. A certain kind of black celebrity, a black celebrity with any sort of intelligence and a voice, which is you are the spokesperson for all black people. Mm -hmm. And white people never have to deal with that. Right. Fucking 
ever. Right. They never. So I remember Dave, we'd done a sketch called I Know Black People and where we asked white people, whatever. It was somewhat. And we said how the final question was, how will black people rise up and overcome? And a bunch of people said, like, by voting. And and Dave was like, sorry, that is incorrect. Uh, and then so, so I remember a couple of weeks later, CNN was like, you know, Dave Chappelle says you shouldn't vote. <laughs> and it's like, yo, you're taking the fun out of this shit, man, because I'm right. this is a fucking comedy sketch. Um, and but they did it to Chris before that. Where right. Chris is what? So there is a difference between niggers and and black people. And it's like, yo, <laughs> shut. Ugh. It just makes it way less fun in a way that they that that, uh, you know, I, you get it sometimes about athletes where they go, you know, LeBron and. And and Dwayne Wade and these guys, they stuck up for Trayvon Martin, and they normally, you know, athletes never stand up for anything. It's like, because, first of all, it's, why do they, you're not asking white athletes to, but because they're black, you're saying you now have the responsibility. It's this thing of white people never have the responsibility of their race, which is a fucking albatross yeah. of like, you you now you have to it's like so i got a full-time job right and a life and i have this extra shit i have to do right i mean it's um, just because white people don't need someone to stand up for them and say that so obviously you're saying it just adds a burden that yeah, it's just a fucking they burden. didn't think out every permutation of the, the repercussions of their statement they're just saying i think it's fucked up and it becomes national news. No, no 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 what i'm i'm saying they got more on them the thing with lebron and 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 Dwayne wade and a lot of these guys is that Athletes and Michael Jordan once said, uh, they said, why won't you speak politically? And he said, Republicans buy sneakers too. <laughs> um, which, and they go, that's irresponsible and all this stuff. It's like, uh, how about I don't want to fucking get in, I don't want to have to worry about it. Right. right. Why do I have to be uh, political now? Cause I can fucking dunk. Right. <laughs> so now I'm a political leader. I'm a dunker. I'm, right. I dunk. I'm a fucking, I'm a great basketball player. Period. Full stop. I don't right. need to, and that you, well, now, now that you've done that, because Jim Brown did it and Kareem Abdul Jabbar and, and Cassius Clay and all these guys, I still won't call Muhammad Ali. Um, <laughs> uh, no, all these guys did it, like, now you're expected to, and I think guys don't, it's enough pressure being a professional athlete that you don't and a professional comedian and uh, that you don't need the extra burden of of uh and so you think dave didn't want it to be politicized he just wanted to be able to make uh i think and have a he liked scope. it uh in some respects and i think he didn't like it in some respects i think he he liked i think he also so much of show business is like you just everyone's saying you can't you can't you can't you can't you can't you're not good enough you're not right. good enough you're not good enough you're not good enough and then I remember this is so eerie. Ninety three, uh, Dave was doing that movie Robin Hood Men in Tights. We were nineteen twenty. I was thinking about moving out of here, so I came out and visited him. And uh, we were walking around, and it was just kind of gross. Like just we were walking, we were at the comedy store. I remember like Tupac was there and fucking, and uh, and um, and I was looking around just like at the just how like if you've never been to L.A. and then you come out here from new york and new york's sort of there's a art something of a uh there's zero commercial potential there there's zero like showbiz right and there's like a lot of just like being funny and doing spots and right. like getting good at comedy and out here and i was like you know it'd be fucking awesome if somebody just like killed it in showbiz 
and just dropped it and left. Huh. <laughs> like huh. that's and then twenty years later, wow, it happens. Or I guess it wasn't twenty years later. I guess it was. Wait, what year is it? I don't even know what year it is. It, it, uh, Twelve years later. Yeah. Uh, he does it. Wow. Um, but that's the thing is like there's so much of that. Is that, that you, something you guys have talked about? Was that ever an idea in his head? Throughout the process or after no, half pages, no, I'm no. going to walk away from this one day. Uh, well, no. I mean, there is a bit of a – you. it becomes almost – they tell you you can't so much that you're not good enough that eventually you just want to go like – you just want to do it and be like, fuck you. Oh, no, I can't wait. <laughs> no further questions. Yeah. I don't want to fucking fuck you. It's like I'm done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I right. beat you. Right. And I'm not going to give you another chance to beat me again. Right. So, and so I think that's part of it is like, right. Is like, I'm, I'm sick of the, and people are like, why don't you do it? Cause I fucking won. Right. Right. <laughs> why give him a rematch? Right. I already did it. It also probably wasn't going to get, it also was less fun when you feel like you're doing it. You're the victim. You're not getting paid enough. You're the underdog. Sure. You're not getting paid enough. You're doing these sketches for like, for and you got to cut then the budget's relatively small and you're fucking scrimping and I we both had to work fucking twenty hours a day for you know weeks on end. Somebody told me my uh, my editor told me that we there was a week where I stayed up forty eight hours straight twice Jeez, in the yeah. same week. Yeah, which is fucking bananas. Yeah, you got to get it done um, sometimes. And that's the and like so it, so you go from being the scrappy underdog to being like. To being the champ, so was part and it's of it- more fun being the underdog. Being the champ, you just feel like a bit of a, a bit of a dick. That's the part that I don't get though, because I've done tons of the underdog shit, and I've been working on shows where I have networks coming down on me and giving me notes, not letting me do what I want to do, and I want to just be in this like zen creative space, right? And I keep getting Great. shut down by Great. people. I wish they would just give me fifty million dollars and say, "Now do whatever the fuck you want." I guarantee I'm right. not going to flip out. But the thing out. is, yeah, again, everyone thinks. Here's the thing I've learned in the last ten years of my life: is you think you're going to do something in a situation, and the truth of the matter is, you don't know what you're going to do, right? Everyone thinks they're going to behave a certain way. It's like that ABC show, What Would You Do? Mm-hmm. And everyone thinks like, oh, if I was there, I'd fucking tell that lady to stay or whatever. Right. You don't know what you do. But then part of it you said is that Dave was saying to you, let's put the toothpaste back in the tube. So are you saying that like part of it kind of unraveling was you saying you were so hurt by that that you're like, fuck it. I don't, I'm not into no, it anymore. I know. Cause once I, once I, uh, committed, once I like resigned, and I got, I did well. I mean, look at the sweatshirt. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it was, it'll never, like, I, I did an interview where someone was like, would you ever work with Dave again? I was like, no. You wouldn't? No. And people go, and he was hurt by it. I'm like, what do you want to do? We had the best thing. Yeah, but you guys had that falling out before and came back and made the best thing. Maybe you guys will make a string of the best movies. I mean, why yeah, not? Yeah, I don't, just because, I know when push comes to shove, it doesn't, he doesn't want to be in a partnership. Do you know what I mean? Right, like, right. I know when push comes to shove, he doesn't want to be in a partnership. He, when push comes to shove, he should get a dog. He has many dogs. He does. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, how's your guys' relationship now? Are you guys at least cool again? Cause I remember you yeah, told me a story no, a long time ago about when he first came back, when stuff finally cooled down, you guys hadn't talked for a long time and then like, you went on a car ride together or something? No, we just stood in front. We stood on Sunset Boulevard, ironically, pretty much probably within a few feet of where I said that it'd be cool to 
make it and drop it. Yeah. Um, and just kind of argued for a couple hours, like on a, like Sunday morning, Sunday night into Monday morning, just like on, on Sunset Boulevard by the comedy store Mm -hmm. and people walking past being like, are you guys going to fight? And, uh, it was pretty, we've had some pretty cinematic moments. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And like, I was just in Ohio a couple weeks ago and he came to the shows and, and, uh, but it's at this point, it's like, uh, you know, I, like I said, he doesn't want to be in a partnership. So I think he would, he would like, I think a part of him would like to be, but I think, but I know what the second part of that is. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I just know, like, the second It'll part of it. back to how it was. Yeah, I know the second part of it. I know how it ends. It's right. like, it's a fool me once thing. Right. And also, you know, I think he's more, uh, I know I'm interested in seeing what I can do as a performer, which I wasn't before. Right. And, uh, and, and seeing, you know, cause nobody, it's, I get constant, it, literally once a day, I'll get a Twitter of like, Fucking when he rides spells coattails, <laughs> and it's like okay, right? Uh, every day, and right. I'm not saying I'm living to discount those people. It's just shit I'd like to do, right? That, uh, that um, I would like to, I'd like to do on my own. I'd so, like what to, are your goals for your own performing career, for your own on camera? I want to be the first guy to show his dick in a <laughs> half hour comedy scene uh no i I mean i'd like to have a like i i just did a pilot that i may be happening somewhere and i shot it kind of on my own and uh i would like to be like i'd like to be like a well-respected famous comedian like jim gaffigan or you know what i mean like like i said to a buddy of mine who runs a, a tv show i go uh a successful tv show i was like he goes, why are you performing so much? And I go, because I'd rather make bring the pain than the hangover. Huh, really? Yeah. And he goes, well, we all would. I'm like, well, then why aren't you performing? Yeah, I don't think that's true for everybody. I think. Yeah, no, I know. But I know having and directed so you, movies and, and so been on set. And I get more of a charge from doing. St- Even when I was on set, I'd be like, I'd rather be selling out a theater right now. Selling at a theater, two thousand, three thousand people for people to just come and watch you talk, right, is so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so great and it's so unique and it's so uh, rare. There's way more movies than there are guys that can sell at theaters. But so in the end, then right. But so in the end, then it seems sort of like you also kind of don't want that partnership. You want to do it. Oh no, 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 man! Like if if you had asked me back then, you and Dave can be partners for the rest of your life. I would have signed on immediately. Right. And if we still were, I would have been real happy. Right. Uh, I'd still be happy. Like if it were equitable, fair. Dave's like a fucking amazing. Um. Just a, a when he's a good dude, he's there's he's a great dude, and when and creatively, it's like he's a fucking dynamo. So it was a good, it was like it was a great. We were a great team, right? Um, and I would have been happy to to be on the team with him, but I now I know that it can't be, and I can and I mourned that for a number of years, and now it's like okay. Do you think he'll ever have a third act in his career where he comes back and gets back on top? Um, I have no idea. I doubt it. 
only because his level of interest is so um I think he likes being the a folk hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he likes being the sort of um the sort of uh the misunderstood sort of genius who got fucked with and right. this thing that he's kind of built. I think he likes I think he likes occupying that. Interesting. Cuz I think it's less pressure than right. You have to do 13 half hours. Right. And when you're and a mysterious folk hero, you don't doesn't there are no expectations. Yeah, you know what he does now? He goes to the gym and rides motorcycles. <laughs> He's basically turned himself into Alonzo Bowden. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I was in Ohio two weeks ago. We did shows together in, in Oakland a couple months ago that like his shows and I did them and it was great. Well, that's awesome. And uh and then I was doing shows near him in Ohio and he was, just came out and was like, Hey, you want me to drive you from Cincinnati to Columbus? I'm like, no. <laughs> he just doesn't, he just wants to like hang out. That's awesome. So you guys are at least good friends again? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is we're friends for a reason. Like we right. have a, we have a lot of inside jokes. Mm-hmm. The other funny thing about Chappelle is, you know who does the Rick James impression a lot? Dave Chappelle. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else says like, yeah, I'm Rick James bitch and all this stuff, but he, he and I can have conversations. Where we both play Rick James. <laughs> and we're like, well, where should we eat? <laughs> See, people think I eat at Wendy's just to do with that. <laughs> yes, I'd like to eat at Wendy's. Like, like we'll just constantly talk as Rick James. <laughs> uh, so he's got a good life. He's got three kids. He's got money. You know, he's got a bunch of motorcycles. <laughs> if, that sounds like a nice life. <laughs> yeah. He's if, the Fonz. If, right. <laughs> he's the Black Fonz. He's the Black Fonz. He's Blondes. <laughs> uh huh. Um, if you won like the Mega Millions lottery, trying to shift now to like topics of the world, yeah. Mega Millions lottery this week, there was what six hundred and fifty million dollar jackpot. Three people won that shit. If you won it, do you think you'd continue doing your doing your comedy, or would you quit? Here's the I kind of motorcycles. Did. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. Like I made a bunch of money, right? So, uh, I and you didn't quit. I didn't quit. I didn't like. I told somebody people weren't when I was like directing the goods. People were like, "Hey, what are you doing out?" And I'd be at comedy clubs. People were like, "What are you doing out here?" I'm like. I like comedy. Right. Like, I like, I didn't get into comedy to get out of comedy. I get it if you don't want to do a backbreaking job. Right. What's interesting, and me and Dave have talked about this as, uh, having a job and having, like, pursuing a regular paycheck and pursuing, like, a, uh, a, like, corporate approval is, it's, it's defining in a way that's, it, it's an organizing principle for your life. Yeah. Like it gives you a reason to get up in the morning. Right. Cause I have to go, you have to, there's like, you're a subsistence farmer. Basically you just, you're a subsistence liver. But it also feels very powerless for most people that don't have that creative. Right. But freedom. what's that? What they don't, what you don't realize is you, there's a, there's something nice about it. Yeah. I wish I had an office a lot of the time. I wish I could. Yeah. And also I wish I could clock in and clock out of my job sometimes and not have it in my brain 24 hours a yeah. day. And that, but people don't realize that a, there's something about you become unmoored. We both talked about how like if you don't have to make a fucking your nut for that month, like if you don't, if they, it's defining and it, it's organizing and it's helpful in that way. Mm-hmm. It can be a little bit like, whoa, uh, um, if you don't have, sort of goals beyond you know if you have like but i don't like what do i have to do right um i don't know it, so, is so it, it hard? just becomes no it's not hard i'm not gonna 
because I don't, but I don't, but it's actually, it's not that much different than my life before Chappelle show in that, like I'd sell a script and then I'd write it and I'd stay in my house and watch movies and take walks and go to Knicks games or right. watch Knicks games. Well, like, it's at least an organizing principle when you sell it first because then you have yeah, a timeline. And now it's it. like I set a goal where it's like I wanted, I just did a half hour at Comedy Central and now I've got to do an hour. Right. So I have to write, I know I have a ticking clock right. where I have to do that. And while there's no deadline, deadline, there's self, uh, self, uh, motivated, self, uh, you know, it's up to me. deadlines, yeah. Self-imposed, yes. And so you, you talk a little politics in your act. Yeah. How do you find that balance? Cause sometimes something that I struggle with, cause I'm obviously very political, this podcast is largely political, but then I'll be performing in front of a crowd somewhere in Indiana. I was this weekend or wherever, and I don't want to have to. Where were you? I was at Morty's Comedy Club, mm-hmm. and I sometimes don't want to have to unleash on a crowd that just came out there to laugh political yeah. opinions, even though they're funny and they'll make you laugh still. But I feel like – and how do you find that balance between that and like you're telling dick jokes and sex jokes and then throwing in politics? Put dick and, jokes in the politics joke. That's a good point. Um, that's uh, when Bill Clinton made it easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, how do you I, well, find that balance? The balance – it's not real wonky shit. I'm basically talking about a black president. Right. Which, so that's pretty, that's not exactly a dick joke, but I right. like talking about, it's pretty close. Right. You're not getting You know what I mean? Time. Like, I'm not, I'm not talking about like, so then bill number J75 comes right. up, <laughs> right. Mitch McConnell. No, but is, just even talking about like the war in Iraq or Afghanistan, like that's just, yeah. like, all of a sudden brings a heaviness to the room that isn't the same as. Yeah. I mean, it just depends about- on, I think if you do an hour. I think if you, I think it's, it can be a nice change of pace. Right, true. Um, rare, but I'll, I think you're right in that when I go politics, people aren't like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they rather talk about men and women or, yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying. Or like, I have a lot, way more race jokes than I have political jokes. Right. And then the good thing about Obama is you can fold them both in. Exactly. Um, if only so, he and Clinton fucked each other. Yeah. No, that's yeah. So so that is the uh that's the how much how many minutes do you end up doing? And then I do like a bin Laden, which even bin Laden to me isn't He's like a cartoon character. Yeah, that's not even almost. politics. It's like it's like they killed bin Laden and then I mean my premises on that are almost racial and a weird it's like it's not polit you just right. it's like political setup and then and then you you end up doing just jokes right. that Some people funny can twist. It's like yeah, it's like not about again. It's not about the minutia of right. legislation. It's like about, the funny thing about Obama. Uh, oh, I just did the thing that everybody, all the Republicans, criticized yeah. for doing. The thing about Osama that always threw me off was like he looks friendly. It always yeah. kind of disappoints me when these evil masterminds look like nice, docile guys. Yeah. Uh, he had many kids. Yeah. I like that he was getting more pussy in hiding than most guys do <laughs> in public. He's got as much as much pussy in hiding as Tiger Woods did in hiding. Bang. Bang. So let's talk about politics then. Syria apparently just agreed to a peace deadline to finally I don't end buy the it. I think that they're just going to agree to it and then they're going to – it's like our Iran with, with the nuclear things. It's yeah, like they also agreed gonna, to peace. To, yeah, to, they, to they've agreed. They've been agreeing for six talks. years. Right. right. Like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to talk. <laughs> and they just don't do anything. Well, apparently there's like an April 10th deadline. Kofi Annan, UN Secretary that General. That actually is the best way to there. do Hollywood notes, by the way. Yeah. When Hollywood executives go, we don't think this works. And you're like, you're absolutely right. Just don't change it. That's what Iran <laughs> does, where they're just like, you know what? I need to learn that. You're right. Yeah. 
And, and I have to learn to ask for forgiveness instead of permission. It's my biggest problem. I'm so polite to people until I have power when then you're the one who, who is allowed to make the decisions. Yeah. I always am so polite and I just – and I, I get fucking door slammed my face a lot of time. I should just do shit and then be like, oh, I know you said but I thought it would be oh, cool. Oh, they don't – I used to have a thing up on my like wall of motivation but it was like don't ask for permission. Like right. just don't – just do it. Like yeah. that's the thing. I just shot a thing. Right on my own, and I think it'll go somewhere. And it's because I was just like, I'm not gonna go and then pitch it and then make fucking eight grand, right? And then it's just like this fucking like long slog, and right. they're invested. They invest like a minimal amount of money and get a huge amount of say. And it's like I'd rather just do it, right? You, the dude, the way comedy is now, you can produce so much stuff on your own for so little money. Well, that's true. It's bananas. On your iPhone, you can make a movie practically. Yep. Yeah, no, not practically. You can do it. You can do it. Right. It's just people go, uh, I'm going to wait. It's just people are afraid of the autonomy. I, I Like I said, I said that a lot of the bad thing about the autonomy is now it's your fault. Right, true. Which people don't want it to be their fault. That's they want to go, fucking, the executive fucked me. <laughs> people don't have thing excuses. Is, Dave did nine pilots before Chappelle show and, and, and like they wouldn't get picked up. Here's the good. None of them were very good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And right. they fucked me. No, right. they weren't that good. Right. Chappelle right. was good. Yeah. And then it was good. People who are not afraid of autonomy, though, Bashar al-Assad and Ahmadinejad in Iran, they mm-hmm. are pretty cool with it. Mm-hmm. And so you don't think that's true either. You think the, the, the nuclear talks that Iran disagreed to, you think They've that's just been a agreeing to tactic. them for six years, right? if not more. Well, no, but there was a pause for the last few years. They weren't into it. They weren't doing any talk, talks. And then we started Well, that was their- because it was that Bush shit of like unilateral and all right. that. It was the, they, this goes back to like Madeleine Albright. Right. Literally, it goes back to Madeleine Albright and they had some agreement and then, and then, uh, and, and North Korea was involved and it's just, it's, it's old. They're just going to keep doing it until they have a, an, and then one of these meetings, they're just going to bring the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to go like, okay, so now what, what did you guys want to so meet this about? This is the thing you were against. Oh, right? no, 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 no. We cannot, this is non-negotiable. <laughs> oh, I, that's silly. I didn't know. They, they're just going to bring, like, this that, guy with guns is for peaceful purposes. Yeah. They, no, well, I don't, uh, do you believe that they're building the technology I don't, for peaceful I purposes? I think that it's nice it, as an American, it's, uh, really easy to go like, yeah, well, they shouldn't. If I were Iranian, I'd be like, "What right. the fuck do we want?" Right. That brings Why up the, big wait, issue. So it's only so you're the adults, right? Uh, 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 fucking Pakistan, India, America, UK, Russia, Germany, and Israel. You're the adults, right? And 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 we're the children, right? You tell us what happens. We can't we can't take the responsibility of a dog. Yeah, the exact same. <laughs> the exact same thing happened this week when. Obama went to South Korea for this nuclear summit, right? And China's there, and Japan's there, and all these guys are there, and Russia's there. And Obama, at every speech, keeps telling North Korea, do not launch these missiles that you say are just for your space program, but we all know it's for your nuclear program. Right. Do not launch them. You'll be further isolated. Your country will be more in despair. And they said, fuck you. We have the right as a sovereign nation to do what you yeah. do. Yes. But do you think that's true? Do you think there's no obligation to a world community? Like that's why the UN or organizations like that has, I think, the the point of them is that it creates somebody that's more important than an individual country's autonomy. Except that America doesn't listen to the UN. I mean, that's, that's the true. thing. Is that's like, where we're so and also Russia doesn't really. It's like Russia and China 
they're on the the panel the the uh whatever like the the G eight thing right the G eight and the uh, security council both. the security council right. they, that's I what I'm talking that. about and they get to veto Russia anything. and China's like nah they just abstain all the time they're like right. yeah no I know the West wants that right eh, we're we're gonna see what happens right. um and like I say as an American I'd like to sit here and go like. Yeah, no, fucking America tells you. But if I was Iranian, I'd be like, and so would every American in the same position. Right. If you're Iranian, you go like, no one tells us. You're not going to tell us what to do. But do you think that's right? Do, do you think that any country should be allowed to do whatever they want? So then a tiny little rogue country should say we get nukes. And then a, a terrorist organization should say, well, we don't have a Look, country. Man, what so do, we want nukes. What, what's the question? Do I think it's right? Do you think that is the way it should be? I understand why they say they should have that sovereign right. But do you think the world community should be able to say, no, you don't have that right? Uh, we get to decide. Honestly, I don't think the world community should be able to say you don't get that right. But in your world then, there's going to be nukes everywhere and uh, the world might end. Uh, or do you think it's mutually assured destruction? The more nukes there are, the safer we are. That doesn't make I it- tend to go with the latter. Really? The yeah, the mutual the the mutually assured destruction. But there's already so much loose nuclear material Look, man, in the I world don't think already. That, um, it's like America and Russia, uh, first of all, America is the only country that used them. I know. It's okay. So that's A. So we're the only ones that have all this worry that other people are going to use them, um, is like, is, is pretty, it's, it's a, it's another insult because we're the only ones that have used them. Well, that's why we're so afraid of it. It's like, yeah, like, hey, but if we can use them, anyone can. <laughs> we're the good guys. What do you think, uh, Iran's going to do? Um, so, so yeah, so it's like, I can't really, as just a human being, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would like no one to have them. Right. I mean, I think that's the thing that, that to me is where it would be fair. It's like, you want fair, non-proliferation and, and, uh, and, and giving them up. Right. I think but, that's, but, but once they're there, it's, it's, some, it's pretty much impossible. It's kind of like you can, can't take anything off the internet. It's like, I feel like U.S. are going to still keep 500 bombs underground in a bunker. Yeah. So will Russia. And so it's not true. So then everybody's going to keep them. Yeah. And it's all going to be bullshit. It sounds like an arms race to me. It does. <laughs> it, uh, all over yeah. again. Yeah. But that's the, yes, that's the, that, uh, you're not going to, it's, I don't think it should be up to the quote unquote responsible nations to, which basically just means non-Muslim other than, <laughs> other than Pakistan. Well, the the um, scary thing which, is, that- uh, which if they could do anything on Earth, it would be to get them from Pakistan. Yeah, there was like if if America could hire Superman for one move, it would be like go spin the world back, uh, which is how the world works. By the way, if, if you spin, apparently <laughs> time if you spin goes the backwards. world, time goes backward. Interesting. God, think looking back, Superman wasn't that realistic. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it would be like get. The get the codes away from AQ Khan and the in the in that network. But that that whole thing makes get no the, sense to get me. The, not the codes, the uh, the plans, how to make a nuclear bomb from a Muslim country. But that whole thing is what makes no sense to me too. Why like, have they not bombed India yet? Right, but also we're still in Afghanistan when there's no Al Qaeda left. There's 50 guys left right. in the hills. There's, and well, you know, there's more Crips than Al Qaeda. <laughs> Way more. Yeah, but, I've also said that since 9/11. Uh, there more people have died at Six Flags than they have <laughs> due to Al Qaeda. <laughs> we need to shut down Batman the Ride. <laughs> but like th- that's the thing too. I never understood. It's like we're sending all these drones just in the hills of Pakistan trying to get rid of Al Qaeda. I don't know why we didn't invade where the 
there's loose nukes in Pakistan. Remember when Al Qaeda and the Taliban was like surging towards them last well, year? Look, it's right, like, if there were why loose we... nukes in in uh, Afghanistan, they wouldn't have uh, invaded. Gone there. Right, but like a loose nukes is crazy. But it's if like Pakistan is sort of quote unquote our ally, why don't we have our, our our drones and our planes and our troops go between the loose nukes and the bad guys trying to get them? Because and stop the problem them. with trying to get Pakistan them from is it's so murky. With the ISI mm. and uh, and and uh, uh, the Taliban and the the Pakistani intelligence, and we give money. It's a fucking. It's like they're playing a double game. They're playing a triple quadruple game. It's like a mafia marriage or some shit. It's like it's, I'll be yeah, loyal no, to you, really, but, I won't, but no, but, but it's, it's really awful. Yeah, it's really a scary situation. We're just basically paying them to not uh, be worse to us. Use nuclear bombs. Yeah, I mean, we're basically just—they're just extorting. I mean, that's one of the things, and also do our bidding somewhat. But like, they just arrested um, Bin Laden's uh, wife on his wife. Yeah, that's just in time. That's what the problem was. <laughs> <laughs> Not a minute too late. <laughs> we finally we're bringing Bin Laden's mistresses to to justice. <laughs> well, okay. A year after he's dead. Speaking of pesky problems that won't go away, Newt Gingrich. Still sticking around, will not drop out of the race. And this week, his campaign hit a new low because his main backer, the Adelson, Adelson guy, that was yes, literally sir, just solo backing his whole yeah. campaign, said, "You're done. You're 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 cut off." Yeah. Gingrich is now charging fifty dollars for a photo yeah. with his supporters, yeah. and on his website, and is selling... the photos are, are, ne- are no worth no worth worth no more than forty dollars. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> It's a rip off. <laughs> and his website is selling dog bandanas. Is that true? You know you have hit a low in that's your campaign. That is true. Um, does he have to leave? Because that's also the big thing. Santorum this week came out and said this big thing. He's like, I'll tell you when I'll drop out. When Romney gets the 1,144 delegates he needs. I don't think then that a Republican out. is ever going to win a, another presidential election. <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad I think it is. I think it's so bad. They're like, ch- like on children that side. all the time. I don't think that they're ever, I think that they can win local elections. I think they can win <laughs> Senate, Senate and House races, uh, just because they only have to run in districts. But I don't think they're ever going to win. The way they're they're set up now, to they have to appeal to like they have to be anti science, anti birth control, uh, anti regulation. They just have to be so against the. It's the that's to like get how I was when I was like nine years old. No, I know to get nominated, you have to get really. You were against global warming. I was against science. I didn't want to study fucking yeah, yeah, science. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I want to wrap it up when I was nine. Yeah. So now they. Uh, they, they want, in order to get the nomination, you have to be so fucking crazy that you, you have to prove yourself so crazy right. to Republicans that you become unelectable. Right. I mean, to you, a, in a general election. But I think part of the, I, I think a lot of this is the fault of the 24 hour news cycle because they just create these yeah, 24 hour created, stations. I've, I've had tweets online that, I had a tweet, hey, which news do you guys root for, Fox or MSNBC? <laughs> People didn't understand That's funny. Like that like rooting for news is stupid. Right. It's it's I'm making fun of that idea, but they have turned it into sport and they've turned it into talking points and they turn it into uh it's just become this extreme They polarize each other against each yeah. other. 
But the, and then they and then they both say, "Well, we're only doing it because you started it." And then it's you don't even remember who started it and who who's who's reacting to who. But if the Republicans do crack it one day, then it'll probably be a long string of Republicans, just because the, I think the news cycle just makes them war against each other. And the Democrats would have their candidates would have to war against each other constantly and would have to battle. And would no, all these I scandals. mean the thing is the the I feel like the Obama Hillary thing was way more civilized. And it the was. other thing is it was a race. It was an actual race. It was. There was a point where they were they were sort of counting delegates, right? Right. And then Obama was behind, and then he started to take the lead, and it was like the and it was only like that for like a few weeks in July, in in like May, June, July uh, of '08, and now it's but it's been like this with the Republicans, right, for a year. But that's a fair argument though from Santorum's Santorum's camp, I think that. Romney's only got like 400 delegates. Santorum's right. got 250. He's, Romney's got less than half. Why right. should he quit? Because right he's then? not going to win the, the remainder. But he's winning a lot of states there. I know they're about to go to less conservative states, which Romney's right. going to probably sweep up, but then it swings back around and it's like. Right, but the thing is, it's not going to swing back around. But I, I mean, get, it's, there's not going to be, once it swings to Romney, it's not going to swing back to Santorum. But if the Republican establishment does hate Romney so much and Santorum, even though he's maybe even more extreme. I don't think they hate him. I just think they're like, eh. But. Santorum seems to be in some ways their dream candidate. He's like ch- championing all of their hallmark polarizing issues. He wants to roll back shit that's already long established. He wants to make it s- back to like Mad Men days and women can't decide shit. Yeah, why women don't they won't get be allowed to drive? Exactly. Santorum wins. Um, I don't. I don't. I think he's the. I think he's the the extreme right dream candidate. I don't think he's the moderate right dream candidate. I also think a guy's a dream candidate until you realize. He can't win. Right. It's like going like, we got seven. We're a basketball team and we're all point guards because I fucking <laughs> love point guards and we're going to the tournament. And then someone goes, you can't. You're going to lose in the first game. Right. Even though you love point guards, you're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to have to rethink this point guard. Thing. Right. Like, so you need a guy that's selectable. You can't win with Santor. Romney. But I don't. But they're not going to win with Romney. The only way Romney could have won is if he said it, the only way Romney could have won if it is if if the the healthcare thing hadn't gone to the Supreme Court right and when Romney ran against Obama he said i actually think healthcare is a good idea right because i'm i'm the one who passed I created it. it i created it this whole and, idea and uh and but i'd also like to i'd like to uh have universal healthcare but I and also all the other and but but then a bunch of Republican shit right. that's like pro business and cutting taxes and all that shit that's also not true. Right, Santorum could have won if it was still back in if our it was eighteen twelve. He could have won the election. When women couldn't vote, yes, then he totally would have won. Yes, but uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's just amazing how they have to go party line everything, and that's the biggest problem with Romney. Though I think that Obama's going to pick a party. That's why I don't think they're ever going to win another election. Right, be a presidential. You just can't share your opinion because you can't. No, you can't. In order to get the nomination, you have to be so fucking crazy that you have to go nine nine nine. <laughs> just fucking, you have to have like a hokey wrestling hook, <laughs> and then and then to the point where that's completely not uh, saleable to to a general populace. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And so then, speaking of healthcare, that you know, the Supreme Court this last week heard the case. And they have it now in their hands. The case is done, and they're deciding. They've already voted, I think, but mm-hmm. they're, we don't know the answer for a while now until they read all their arguments and opinions. 
It's in their hands now, the fate of Obamacare, the fate of universal health care in our country. And, um, they texted their vote. To, yeah. <laughs> they can vote unlimited times, 59 cents. <laughs> yeah. Long dramatic pause starts right now with the music. <laughs> Seacrest just Are you smiling. a Supreme Court? Supreme Court justice, text in your vote at the number below. If you're for health care, dial 89759. If you're Clarence Thomas, Sponsored by dial 976-87-PUSSY. Um, here is an audio clip of the U.S. Solicitor General, Donald B. Verrilli, the guy who argued. This is the guy who couldn't, who wasn't the greatest public speaker. He could not speak great. He argued on behalf of, of the Obama administration and on behalf of the health care law and the millions of people who don't have health insurance. And here's one of his opening arguments. Very convincing. Insurance has become the predominant means of paying for health care in this country. <clears throat> insurance has become the predominant means of paying for health care in this country. For most Americans, for more than 80% of Americans, the uh, insurance system does provide effective uh, access. Excuse me. Wow. You know what had happened? The, uh, the opposition put, um, they put, uh, like itching powder. That's what it seems like. It's like a fucking Brady Bunch issue. Uh, Brady Bunch guy... episode where like, where like then Mike Brady was going to drop the, the, uh, briefcase and he was going to turn his head. Uh, Brady Bunch. uh, no, that guy's just, he caught a bad one. Yeah. Or maybe if he, maybe if he had healthcare, he wouldn't be dying. In That's front of the, the thing Court. about being a comic is you realize, like I was at a lunch today, like a luncheon for like NYU grads in show business. Right. Uh, <laughs> now meanwhile, I'm a dropout. Uh, but I went and it's all a bunch of writers and really famous, successful writers. But that's the great thing about doing stand-up is you just go like I you just are so used to public speaking. Mm. Whereas that guy's not that used to public speaking. Right. The solicitor general's not it's a big stage and he choked a little bit. Yeah. Um Do you it, think they're gonna overturn it? That's how I was the first time I did a black room. <laughs> Me, like, too. <clears throat> Me too. Me uh, too. Oh so you <clears throat> I did you know, I do a lot of a lot of crowd work on my act sometimes. And uh, when I did Mo Better Mondays of the Improv, uh-huh, that's I a did, very black room. It's like the hardest room. Yeah, it really pretty is. Much. So I haven't done they all. Booed of them. Chris Rock off the stage. Yeah, is what the legend has it. So I go on stage and I was doing okay with my material, doing fine. And I did crowd work with like the one white guy in the crowd, and I crushed. They're like, "Oh shit!" And I'm like, I had a little confidence. I'm like, I'm gonna try crowd work with a black guy. And right. I talked to a black guy, and I got so scared. I was like, "What do you do for a living?" That's cool. Good for you, man. Sounds like a good job. Your shirt's all right. And it's just like totally kind of went south for a minute. I went God right bless back. you. <laughs> yeah. Right back to material. Uh, yeah, that's the, the, when I did Mobiter Money, same thing. Yeah. Um, so do you think they're going to overturn healthcare? Do you think the Supreme Court's going to? Here's my prediction. I think that they're going to overturn healthcare. And I think that George Zimmerman is going to get off. Really? Yep, I really do. I you can wow. I can already see with this George It'll be Zimmerman war thing in this country where it's uh I believe that if George Zimmerman gets uh off there will be riots, but I believe he's going to get off. I really do. Wow. I believe that even just based on a lot of the articles I'm reading and listening to tapes and stuff, it's going to come down to this weird Rashomon thing where people you can already see people have been influenced by their own like what what did i see who was on top of who people are contradicting each other already he's saying one thing some witnesses are saying trayvon was on top of him some are saying he was on top of trayvon right it's you can already see i and i hope i'm wrong 
I've read a lot about it. There was a good article in the Times, in the New York Times yesterday about it, like a six-parter, uh, a six-clicker. Um, <laughs> and uh, you just kind of go like, oh, this is not – that." I just have a feeling of like, this is not going to end well. What, I'm, what I am happy about is is that people are actually mar- – that's the great thing about social media, man, is fucking people are marching and right. shit. It's so great because I thought that shit was done. Social media is like the only hope we have – to counterbalance the mainstream media because this is another thing it seems the mainstream media is at fault for because they inflame this so quickly. I mean, Sharpton's got a show. But I don't like think that the, I, don't, I don't blame the mainstream media. I Social media meaning let's go march. No, I'm saying social most, media is Most the one, of the people got their information from the mainstream media and were like, this is fucked up. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think the mainstream media inflamed this thing and social media is the one thing that has a chance to at least like rally people and like have – multiple points of view and kind of a common sense continuing dialogue going on. Whereas the mainstream media, they want their narratives. They choose it early and they run with right. it. Like NBC had a big controversy this week with regards to Trayvon Martin, where on the Today Show, they played an abridged part of one of the 911 tapes where the original clip, uh, Zimmerman says this, says, and I quote, this guy looks like he's up to no good or he's on drugs or something. It's raining and he's just walking around looking about. The dispatcher goes, okay, and this guy, is he black, white, or Hispanic? Zimmerman goes, he looks black. NBC plays it like this. Just one sentence of Zimmerman saying, this guy looks like he's up to no good. He looks black. Yeah. Well, that's shitty. That's horrible. But, like, they're, it's just complete polarized. I'm on, Fox- I'm on Zimmerman's side. <laughs> it's official. Uh, no, it's it's becoming – like, now people are talking to the me. It's like, you know that Anderson Cooper isn't a lawyer. Right. Like people are talking to him before they talk to cops. Right, like, it's, it's crazy. It's fucking weird. It's uh, I just think it's gonna be. First of all, I think it's gonna take years. I think it's gonna have three years before there's any sort of final verdict. There's gonna be a lot of appeals and shit. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's gonna. I think that no one saw it. And I think that he's gonna say, he punched me, and he slammed my head. And uh, and I th- and I think they're gonna they're not gonna be able to prove he didn't. Well, the audio tapes. I think that I think that at I think that the best thing that will that I think that they will turn overturn stand your ground because when are white people not right. threatened by black people? <laughs> right. You know Florida's, what I mean? Like it Florida's was hey, if you're threatened, you feel threatened, you shoot. <laughs> right. When white people constantly feel threatened, white people feel threatened <laughs> by everything. Um. So. Like you know, I I think it's gonna be, and I and I think that they're gonna overturn healthcare, and I think that it's, and I think Obama will get reelected as a result. Obama will walk the streets depressed, or maybe like morning run after he gets reelected, hoodie on, he gets um, he gets popped. Oh my god. Um. The uh. No, I think that I think that he's gonna get. I think that people are gonna see the same way that all the people that uh elected. All these Tea Party thing. Right. All of them already, all the districts that elected Tea Party people are like, who the fuck did we elect? Like, they don't like them. Right. They realize, like, all that shit about, like, we're going to cut this, we're going to cut, and they're like, oh, they meant they're going to cut Medicare. Yeah. And oh, I didn't know you meant that, even though they were saying that explicitly. I just liked that you were saying that they shouldn't have bailed the banks out. Right. I didn't know that you meant that we should get rid of the FDA. Yeah, or that you have no actual knowledge of how the nation operates. Yeah. You just had you don't an, an understand, issue. Yes, you don't understand legislature at all. Tax enough already. Tea. It spells tea, guys. <laughs> yeah. Tax enough. You ask people like, hey, what's the right amount of tax? No one knows. Right. What do other people get taxed? No idea. What other countries? <laughs> no fucking idea. Right. They don't know. What do we used to get taxed? 
All I know is Reagan lowered taxes four times. Yeah, he also raised them twice. Yeah. And they were 90% when he got in office with a shitload of loopholes. Does it, do you think that healthcare should be overturned? Do you think that even though it's a good thing, do you think it sounds too constitutional that there's a mandate that people have to buy it? Uh, here's my thing about the constitution. <laughs> when people go like, we have to do what the founding father said. I didn't even do what my real father said. <laughs> so why the fuck would I do? What do I care? Like, they said it. They yeah, wrote they didn't it. know modern life. Yeah, they right. don't know. So I, I think at a certain Over point, a few weeks, go, they wrote this thing up. Yeah, it's like they, yeah, they did a draft. <laughs> they signed it. Uh, and it is, it's a living document. Right. Uh, it only lives every 30 years or so. Right. Um, but when we put in new amendments, but, right, uh, because the whole argument there is that, that is that, the federal government can't regulate things that are not interstate commerce. Well, that was easier when you had 13 states. Yeah, exactly. But it's also, yeah, it's also like. Now it's a big beast. We have to control to some degree. Yeah. Like, I think that, I think that the mandate is the only way to make it work financially. And if the mandate is unconstitutional, um, then, then, uh, they'll just have to figure out a way to do it. Cause I think that people want healthcare. I think people just don't want to have to. They, they everybody wants everybody wants healthcare and they want to obey the constitution right and they it's like everybody wants 10 different contradictory things so you just have to go i don't think the republicans i don't think the democrats have framed it very well yeah i mean they failed at that he spent his political capital his first two years in office on this one thing and they couldn't even explain why it was so important it's yeah. like it's huge legislation they were so mired and and sarah palin was able to unwind the whole thing by yeah. saying no there's death panels yeah, well, I had a thought the other day, which is, you know, who's the ultimate death panel now? The Supreme Court. <laughs> right. They are the real fucking yeah. death because they are going to be deciding if a lot of people live or die. Yeah, it's so true. Or at least if they, away. yeah, it's like, and people don't realize that when, uh, indigent people or people without insurance go to the emergency room, they get free coverage. Right. So that's why, the re- and that we all exactly end up paying right. for it in premiums that's exactly right and taxes that's why the supreme that's why originally the, the mandate for healthcare was a conservative idea yeah they literally thought it up because they realized that it's different than other kinds of insurance that when it's health insurance if you see your neighbor dying in the street even if he didn't get health coverage you're not going to be happy with them right but you're not going to let them die there so we all absorb the cost anyway. but now people so it's actually think that it's better people. to obey the constitution right than, than let some then help someone live which which will be cheaper for us? The yeah, it should be considered a principle because it's saying that those those people used to get a free ride before when they would yeah. get injured. Now but we're, again, we're re- making them the pay Democrats for it. Democrats weren't nefarious enough to think to frame it that way, right? And exactly. they should have exactly because they should have. Yeah, but exactly. They, sh- they, they but they didn't it. think like they would. Democrats are for 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 all their giant pussies. They're also <laughs> reasonable. Yeah, to a fault. Right. Where it's like these Republicans are. Not they are not. This is not a fucking. It is exactly. a game to them, but they're ruthless. Exactly, and they'll say anything to win. I said that a million times. It's like that's the biggest fault. Like Obama's way too pragmatic and way too mm-hmm. polite. It's like when when remember when he was trying to get health care done too, right before the Congress changed sessions and right before the election, and they could have jammed the vote through. And Obama literally said, "We're not going to jam anything through. We're going to wait until they get in there and do it right." Well, it's like. If you actually believe you're fighting for good and yeah. for like positive well, yeah, principles, like, you have to jam shit. Yeah, it's through. like LBJ, the most effective Democratic legislator of all time, <laughs> right. was a fucking dickhead and was right. an arm twister, right? And was like a favor caller in her. Right. Whereas Obama's not. You know, I have a theory about Obama that's been verified somewhat. <laughs> What's that? 
Chappelle told me a long time ago, and I've uh, it's been confirmed by other black dudes that I'm friends with because I'm <laughs> friends with a lot of black dudes. We only have black guests on my podcast, by the way. Um, <laughs> nice. And uh, I've noticed that mostly yeah, black. No, is that true? Only black. That's guests? the premise. We've had to use. We had to use an <laughs> Asian. Premise. We had to use an Asian, and we and we we've interviewed an Asian, Bobby Lee, and then this week we did Jose Canseco, but no whites. Oh uh, no, one white, uh, Sasha Gray, whose name is not white. So, so do I get to come on if I'm half Israeli? Uh, no. That's like a Middle Eastern That's hole. white. That's to really? Me. All right. Um, Fair enough. Uh, so. I do only Oh, Obama being mixed. Right. Oh, uh, Chappelle told me a long time ago. When black dudes are around white people, they will move slower. So as <laughs> not to jar white people. <laughs> Jesus. I've had it confirmed numerous times. Really? By black dudes that spend time with white people. They move slower. Obama has spent his whole life. Mm. trying to assuage uh white people that he's not a crazy angry he's moderate so he's just constantly trying to assuage everybody all the time i try to joke that didn't work where it's like i'm half black i'm half white i'm half democrat i'm half republican i'm a half (laughs) man i'm half mammal i'm half amphibian like he's just half everything and constantly so he's that's his his uh down his what makes him a weak politician is he goes into i tried to wrote a joke for seth at the correspondence center because i wrote for for seth meyer talking about that that but yeah the correspondence center where people were calling correspondence center yeah the people were calling uh obama a chicago style politician and by chicago style it's you know uh it's you know it's it's down and dirty but basically it ends up being obama will challenge you to a fight You'll go outside. He'll send Nancy Pelosi out there to fight you. <laughs> then Harry Reid. Then a bunch. Of, and then eventually he'll come out. But, but the first thing he does is punch himself in the face. Because <laughs> he's so, he's just constantly like, I don't want to. He'll, he'll, he start, he's like the worst negotiator of all time. So is that too ingrained in his personality? Yes. Or, I believe that or the think- same way that Bush's. Uh, presidency sort of was the crux of it was trying to deal with his Oedipal complex. Obama's mm-hmm. thing to me is trying to assuage white people at all, trying to put everyone at ease at all times. But you don't think there's any chance then that he, he's done that out of a calculated thing to try to climb to the top levels and he did that and he has one more election, maybe election two, maybe what, what he kind of dropped accidentally on that mic to Dmitry Medvedev is, is term two. There's no higher place to go than second term president. Then he becomes badass and does everything. Gay no, marriage, no, boom. This, because boom. I think he's, uh, I think he's. It's just in his DNA. I don't. I also think that if you look at his position papers, he was always moderate. Right. He was always moderate. Also, he was a senator for two years. <laughs> he has almost no governing experience. So it's like, it's you know, he's that's what he's like. But I think he will do a lot of more sweeping things in in his second term. I think he will endorse gay marriage. I'm glad you think that. You don't think he'll endorse gay marriage in a second term? uh, You don't think he'll? I don't. I wouldn't count on it. I mean, here, that's the thing is I would not count on it. Well, I've heard there are already talks right now. They're debating in his inner circles whether or not he should come out and endorse gay marriage right before this election, which sounds like it would be death, right? sounds like it would be a death wish because all of a sudden the nation would flip out and all of a sudden. uh, I think it's a worthless issue to get behind. In general, I'll bet you a hundred bucks he doesn't get behind it before none of before the election. Well, the reasons why they're saying that is that because it might actually reinvigorate his 
young base. They might start knocking on doors again and wearing Hope t-shirts again as an article I read because he actually will have some bold things Honestly, showing this is a, progressivism this is a versus conservatism. to think, but I had the thought the other day that the Trayvon thing helps him politically. Uh, it's horrible to think in that such right. cynical terms. Right. Um, it makes him an underdog again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he said, you know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. Right. And George H.W. Bush said, if I had a son, he'd look like a retarded president. <laughs> folks, um, folks, look, you're listening to uh, Last Week on Earth with Ben Glebe. Um, this is Neil Brennan. Um, uh, uh, no, the, um, the I think that that helps him. And I think the healthcare thing will help him. I think right. it'll help him if it gets passed. And I think it'll help him if it doesn't. But why do you think gay marriage is worthless? And you're saying to fight because I don't think white, I don't th- I don't think young people are going to be galvanized by it. I don't I think that they I don't think there's much he could do. I think young people get galvanized by him trying to pass health care and it being overturned by the Supreme Court. Right. I don't think I I them. think most young people think gay marriage is like weed where it's like it's kind of legal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah, right. It's real close to legal. Yeah, but if they overturn health care, literally it's like resetting his whole presidency. It's the main thing he did. I agree. Be, but I don't think I don't think people I, I disagree. I don't think that I think people will see it as like fuck these republicans are ruthless and we've got to keep fighting yeah i do i right. that's again i i i could be dead wrong but i don't think gay marriage will illuminate anything i don't think it'll animate the campaign whatsoever we gotta stop talking politics for a minute then you hear about alicia silverstone this week uh oh that she fed her baby funny she feeds her baby like a bird she chews right. up the food and then put, puts it mouth into the other into the baby's mouth when the baby, uh, apparently the baby's first words were gross. <laughs> she is an odd duck. Like that's fucking stone. gross. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, is that, that we, I don't know. I mean, that's, it I seems mean, like people are really reaching. Well, yeah. The They're like, can you believe she's doing that <laughs> instead of cutting it with a fucking blunt object? And it's like, I don't know. It's not that different. I don't think she's going to do it much longer. <laughs> I don't think she's going to do it into adulthood. I don't think it's any more. Also, you know, there's women that feed babies with their fucking breasts. <laughs> if you think that's crazy, wait till you hear about this breastfeeding craze that's been sweeping the country. It's like such a Strong non-story point. to me. Strong point. Um, at least she knows what she's doing. She, she, anything can come shooting out of her titty. That's a good point. She doesn't know. She's taking her own word for it. Yeah, everything she eats. Really, she's testing is, the, is yeah. in that milk, whereas yeah. it's just the chewed food. It's yeah. like pre-chewed Charlie's, the old Saturday Night Live sketch. Remember that sketch? Yep. Like, At pre-chewed Charlie's, we pre-chew all your meat for well, you. Well, no, there was also one where there was they fed each other more recently, like in the last eight oh, years. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd never heard the pre-chewed Charlie's. Yeah, that's was an old like, Dan Aykroyd Yeah, style. it sounds like Aykroyd. It does. At pre-chewed Charlie's, we yeah. <laughs> it's like he, that rapid was fire now. good fucking sketch actor. So good. He's yeah. still good when he occasionally like, cameos on there, does great He's, Bob Dole uh, Yeah, no, he, his Bob Dole didn't get me. He hosted probably 12 years ago, and it was like, oh, he's still better than pretty much everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a real good sketch actor. A study came out this week. LA and California both value sex the most of any other place in the country. California and then of that LA, the top 10 cities that value sex the most in descending order 10 to 1, San Francisco, Hoboken, New Jersey, Redondo Beach. The least first or the most. This is the ones valued the most. Yeah, San Francisco. That are sex obsessed. San Fran's number 10, Hoboken number 9, Redondo Beach in California number 8, Miami number 7, 
Woodland Hills, California, number six. West LA, number five. West Hollywood, number four, obviously. Number three, Newport Beach. Two, Santa Monica, and one, Venice Beach. Is that true? Yeah, number one, Venice Beach. That's where I live, ladies and gentlemen. Is that right? You're a sex animal. You think that's true? Do you think people uh, I don't in LA know value what the barometer is? It's just there it was a simple question. Do you value how much do you value sex? And the people that valued it way the most were people in Were the vagrants on Venice Beach? That's exactly right. They, they like it because they get it. they get to go under a blanket <laughs> ostensibly. The fucking homeless people in Venice. Uh yeah, I don't look, man, I don't yeah, people are uh, what's funny is being in the um being in the like being in Ohio for a couple weeks, I was right. like in Ohio, and I was like, man, I can't wait to get back to the sluts in L.A. Yeah, two cities in Ohio were the ones that valued sex the least. Toledo, Ohio, was the fourth least, and the ninth least was Dayton, Ohio. They don't yeah. give a shit about sex. Yeah, it's well because number too one was eating. Lubbock, Texas. They're the, too busy the killing people there. Yeah, um, so bang anybody. The, uh, the yeah, no, that I there. There's a lot of women out here with. Uh, Body dysmorphia, which makes them really skinny mm. and hot, and into crazy sex, and uh, and then they and they're they don't morally. Uh, California is like the end of the earth. <laughs> California is America is the it what is America the is to the world. California is to America, meaning like <laughs> right. it's the like it's the craziest. It's the most progressive. It's the most and it's it is the last true. settled thing. It's yeah. the last settled place. I never even yeah. thought about it from that perspective. Yeah. But that's crazy. It is the end of the earth. Yeah, and you can come out here. There's, the thing I like about LA is or California. There's just no context. There's no ties to England. And like on the west, on the east coast, it's like Boston and colonial times, Philadelphia, right. and like this is a port town, and this was settled by the fucking right. LA, California. There's fucking nothing. It's like starting <laughs> over. <laughs> like really there's is. just no context it's great yeah so yeah i mean do you think the, the rest of the world should come to our point of view or should we try to chill out a little bit i don't think we're going to chill out i think also think that health is such a big thing out here mm. and the healthier you are the more fucking you're going to do that's very true and uh columbus lubbock these are these are fat. everyone also that i saw in ohio was fat <laughs> that's true corn fed they always say it like it's a great thing. corn shit corn it's like syrup the fed, syrup murders people constantly yeah it's uh it's it's they're just they're just sickly yeah and and because of that and because we're in the heart of the most hedonistic sex crazed part of the planet earth uh we need probably you and i both separately need to get out there and do some fucking tonight so let's try to wrap this thing up with a quick round of our infamous thunder round It's the Thunder Round. We're here with Neil Brennan. He's digging the song. There you go, Neil. I might download that shit. That is your singing debut right there. Yeah. That's a good tune. Thank you. Zach Efron hates being a heartthrob. He said it this week, talking to CBS Sunday morning. Uh, He asked what it's like being in the spotlight. He said, I can't explain to you what it's like to be a heartthrob. I don't think I am one. When asked what he thinks of the term, he didn't hold back. I hate it. It follows you around, but you don't deserve it. I feel the same way personally. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't um, like being a heartthrob. I don't like being labeled that. Um, is it hard for you? Uh, wh- what's the, what's your question? Is it hard for you to be a heartthrob? I'm not. Brother? I'm a heartthrob to a very narrow strip <laughs> of <laughs> to, young ladies. To a very narrow strip, just yeah. to her vagina. You're yes, a to a very yeah. Uh, well, it's better than what we what most people call Zach Efron, which is a fag. <laughs> <laughs> Can you that say is that? Better. That is better. A hump. Yeah. 
You can't say fag anymore. You can say it. You just said it twice. I know, but I have a joke in my act where I say it, and I'm like the victim of it, and people are still like, Muh. Oh, the people call you that? Do, it's a joke about being vegan. Do people think that you're gay? No, but people, uh, until it's too late. Um, <laughs> no, I, it, whatever, it's a joke where I Why say Why are you that. vegan? Cause it's fucking, the meat industry's gross, and I don't, and it, and it's eating up resources to make fucking, Meat that gives people cancer. Eating plants eats some resources. Plants create air. Animals create fucking shit. Uh, animals create methane. Right. Which, uh, which creates is, global warming. Yes, that's part. So you're of saying the, that's, that's why we shouldn't grow so many of them. But yeah, cutting and down also trees to eat killing, fucking lettuce isn't. I'm not. Better. We're not cutting down trees to eat that's lettuce. That's where lettuce comes from, right? <laughs> lettuce trees. Yeah, I know. But this is so. And you're an informed guy. That's what's so <laughs> troubling about this. People go cutting down trees to eat lettuce. What the fuck are you talking about? It's fucking nonsense that you tell yourself to comfort yourself. Wait, but you're eating it because you think it causes cancer and it's bad for you, or, be, or because cancer. you think it's morally no, be, wrong? Because it's because it's gonna fuck up pe- the earth. It's fucking the earth up. Between methane and resource, uh, but is it sucking. not the natural order? We have these no, teeth that we're meant not, to eat. No, it is. Look at look at animals other than us. I who don't give it because they yeah, but they also can't. They don't. There's a, tons of things that they don't do that we do. So right. for all of us to go, well, they they also shit outside. So we should all. This is not the natural order. No, uh, but living in a house. Saying, yeah, but well, it kind of is. Or eating your young. They eat their young. We should eat our young again. Where do you draw the line? It's like. Okay, I, I, again, right. so it took me two moves to discount that. <laughs> so again, so we have canines, so we have to fucking have a meat industry that shoots animals full of fucking antibiotics. Well, I agree, that's makes horrible. Puberty started eight and, and, and takes like a thousand gallons of water to raise one cow. And, and, uh, also, uh, people are starving while we're feeding cows to feed to people that it's like, and we could just be feeding them, them, uh, uh, Shit that they can like, you know, they can get. Pro- First of all, that you don't need that much protein. But uh, you do admit that animals are very tasty. You've eaten meat, right? Uh, you know what I've learned being a vegan is uh, it comes down to sauce. <laughs> Try eating a piece of chicken, yeah, by itself and not gag. I'd do it. I'd do yeah, it sometimes to win the argument. No, I do it you- sometimes. Right, but I, I, I no, no, no. It. It's I guarantee it's got olive oil. It's got salt. It's got pepper. No. I'll just grill up a breast of chicken and eat it straight up. Off with nothing. With nothing. Just what do you put cooking? in the, what do you put in the, uh. On the George Foreman grill, a little cooking spray, slam the thing down. You're tasting it. cooking spray. <laughs> you are. You're tasting. I don't know that the, it's improving. You're the tasting taste. cooking spray and you're also tasting the grill. And the chicken itself might have hormones in it that are tasty. I, I mean, I, I don't think point. they put tasty hormones in it. Well, then I, then I stand my point. It took me two moves, but. It's no, delicious. you it's, haven't disproven anything. What do you mean? It's delicious to eat chicken, and I don't think if uh, it, most I, of what you're get most of the flavor you're getting is from is not from the chicken. It's from the seasoning or the sauce. I'm not seasoning. And what that I'm shit. saying, okay, you're the rare. Or I have turkey burgers that I don't put seasoning on. I just heat them up, cook, eat them, boom. And maybe what I you, use mustard. Sometimes I yes, use mustard. Exa- there's always so, so if I could make you something, yeah, that you would if I didn't tell you it was tempeh or seitan or tofu. You wouldn't know the difference. You're suggesting you eating something called seitan. Yeah, and the, and that is you, literally. I know that's a good way to discount it too with the pronunciation. <laughs> that's a that's a very strong intellectual argument. <laughs> um, uh, that, yeah. So, so yeah. So what I'm saying is, uh, it comes down to sauce, and you can put sauce, you can put mustard, you can put all these sauces and seasoning on different uh, types of protein that taste just as good 
and uh, you'll be just as happy, and you won't be fucking the earth up. But your argument is mostly about the 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 hormones and the mass production that's messing shit up, right? You would you have anything against it, and would you be vegan if it was just all locally grown? It was all small, locally done, and you could eat a chicken occasionally. If or, there was no global warming, right? I don't care about animals. Meaning, like, I'm not, gotcha. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't, I'm not doing it because like they're sentient. I'm not doing right. it for those reasons, right? I'm doing it because I'm doing it for humans. Right. Like all the science that I know of points to and even like not even the science, like the facts of it, it's just it's really bad for the earth. Right. To fucking raise animals in mass to feed seven billion people and the and then just draining water sources to fucking have them to ha- it's just crazy. But you don't think protein you need a lot of protein? You don't I need as like much protein as as and the other thing is so I you can have get as it. much energy as you want to have. Yes, you do. Yeah, I have way more energy. I've had the inkling once in a blue that I kind of want to try it for like a, a month or two. Yeah, all the things meat. that you think give you energy are the wrong things. But it's too taste chicken. I love chicken. Yeah, but Ben, I'm telling you that you could put fucking ground mm. satan. I know you love <laughs> you, you would only the pronunciation of it. I can't wrap I my know. head around it, Neil. I know. Oh my god. All right. Um the situation's in rehab and yeah. they're not allowing him to expose his abs there. It's a problem. Um it's the Cirque Lodge in Utah, you can't have exposed arms, you can't have your abs exposed. Do you think he'll be able to make it through? Will it take hold if he can't be him? It you know, the situation is uh he's addicted to painkillers. You know why? Cuz he had to be with the situation 24 hours a day. <laughs> and it's it's too it's so painful. To be, with, to be with the sitch. It's true. Victoria's secret down. model Candace Swain poll is urging women to wear less on the beach. Um, that's her big statement this week. She said that because there's new rules that for the women's volleyball team for the upcoming Olympics right. that they can now wear shirts and tank tops. Right. And uh, she's saying, forget it. It's going to be in Brazil. Wear less clothing. Uh, um, I mean, I'd like to get behind her on this. Yes. But. Uh, I don't. She's not much of an arbiter of anything. That's a good point, but I just feel like I'm all all the less clothing on the beach, the better, right? Because it's less material, less animals have to go into the. You must think your listeners factories. are really stupid. <laughs> Why? If you're trying to like, hey, ladies, and uh, you know, you should wear less <laughs> stuff, and because uh, it's better that way. Uh, <laughs> there's one man who is very stupid. Our last story: um, a man shot a woman. Uh, he was sentenced to five years probation after accidentally shooting a woman whose red mohawk he mistook for a bird that had been harassing his cats. <laughs> um, took his twenty-two caliber, shot her, from, saw this, this red thing come over the hill and just blasted her right in the head. She she survived, but she moved. She, the odd thing is, she wasn't again. Why people feel threatened? <laughs> That's she it was the stand your cat's ground law. That's exactly right. Um, that yeah, uh, it, people are. Again, how many Why guns? Why is there outrage about that, though? Uh, because... Red-headed women with mohawks everywhere should be demanding to escalate this. A mil- the million mohawk, huh? <laughs> the million mohawk march? Yeah. I lost faith halfway through that joke. <laughs> Thanks for carrying it out for me. You're very welcome. Um, I fell, I fell victim. To, I ran out of protein, Ben. <laughs> and I couldn't continue. That's what it seems obvious to me. Yeah. It seems obvious. Um... Any plugs? Your Twitter, at Neil Brennan. At Neil Brennan. Listen to the Champs. Uh, Podcast. All black guests. We've had some sweet ones. A couple Griffin. Mexican guests. Blake, uh, an Asian and a Mexican. Um, Blake Griffin, Questlove, 
Dion Cole, fucking Robert Townsend, David Allen Greer, J.B. Smooth, Hannibal Burris, Key and Peel. Uh, should I go on? That's a lot of guests. We've had done 28 of them. There's some really episodes. good ones. This and is our 20th episode. Yeah. Thank you for being part of this special one. Uh, look, I get it. I have guests of all ethnic backgrounds on mine. Well, and that's, huh? <laughs> no, I'm it's saying, your decision. It is my decision. I just like to. Predominantly white, though, I'm guessing. Uh, no, it's a mixture. It's predominantly white, yes, but yeah. it's, there's a mixture. At least a third non-white. Megan McCain. Megan McCain. You know what's funny about white. Megan McCain? What's that? Her and her mom have both followed me on Twitter at some point and then unfollowed me. Really? Yeah. What do you think you're doing to put off the McCain family? Being myself. <laughs> I mean, just you don't want it. They don't want it. At least you've people. identified the yeah, problem. I just, I, as soon as, some people like that, you just go, oh, you're, you won't be here long. <laughs> like I'll just I'll, I'll DM you a couple times just to take advantage of this, but you're not gonna, you won't be here for long. <laughs> nice. Um, well, I will leave you then with uh, since we're talking a lot about animals and a lot about the natural state of being and a lot about being here in the hedonistic capital of the world, Los Angeles, California. Let's leave you with the romantic tune. I want to fuck you like an animal. Until last week, next week. This has been. Whew. Last week on Earth. <laughs> you hate that phrase. Last week, next, this week. F- wow. You have to deal with it. The show has just ended. It's a wild time. Just, let's just play the song. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.